Welcome, everybody. Welcome to uh, Jacob's Film Perspectives. It's been a while. It's been over a month now, I think. It has. Yeah, it's been it's been a while. I needed to do these more often. We're here today. Yes. With, and wait, was it the last movie you covered the Oppenheimer Barbie combo? No, you missed one. We covered Exorcist, William Friedkin's career. Oh, okay, yeah. My bad. Uh, yeah, uh, we're here. Deontay will be with us in a minute. Uh, but for right now, I'm going to introduce, you know, you guys love and know him. Nick, the man, the myth, the legend, the hot take master. I have the best hot takes ever. I don't know about that. We'll see. And then, uh, you know me. My name's on the pretty vain. My name is the podcast. Pretty vain of me. But you know what? Let's show biz, baby. I got a little new background. You guys like my new background? Mm-hmm. Got my little on-air sign. I got my little Blade Runner 2049 poster. There's another one over here with Harrison Ford, but you can't see it. My head's too big. But yeah, because Blade Runner 2049, masterpiece. Anyway. That, that actually will come into play because we're going to talk about the creator, but this is a special Halloween episode. We're going to touch everything Halloween first. Creator will come last as like a little, or maybe in the middle, who knows, but like, yeah, it's going to be a special Halloween. We're talking Saw X, even though none of us have seen it. We're going to talk about the Saw franchise because Nick says he has some hot takes here. And then we're going to talk about Talk to Me, the new H24 whore. And you know, I'm an H24 whore. So A24 Horror, we're going to talk about, and then uh, The Nun 2, and then, of course, <sighs> The Exorcist Believer, which is a depressing thing to talk about. I don't know if Deontay's seen Exorcist Believer, but I have. Nick, you said you hadn't, right? I saw it. You saw it? Mm-hmm. Okay, all, three I- of us, all three of us have seen it. Now that this this might be the best episode for like hot takes and arguments because like that this movie is it'll be something to talk about. But anyway, with that being said, I guess Deontay cue the intro. Shout out to Will from the SNN Network for making that sexy, lovely, lovely intro. And now uh, Deontay will join us in a minute. So I guess uh, I'm going to let you ride this one, Nick. Where do you want to start? Well, I think how about let's since we're covering like what I think five, four movies. How about let's just like start with The Exorcist? Because I feel like out of all those. That's like the big one. That's the one that's been hyped up so much lately. So much. And um, I have some very strong opinions on it. I had some strong opinions on it when it was first announced. I have strong opinions on that whole franchise in general. But but uh, but do you want to go first? Or do you want me just like kind of like give my breakdown on it? Um, I'll let you give you a breakdown to say this first. Uh precursor the exorcist top five favorite horror films for me william freakins a master but i was actually 
oddly excited for this movie, and I don't know why, because Friedkin's dead, and I, and now after seeing it, they definitely stomped all over his grave. But uh, that's but uh, yeah. So like, I went into this with like super high expectations. So if I like my opinion on this is true, like I'm not dogging it just to dog it. If I do dog it, who knows? I may love it. I haven't said yet, but. We'll see. But anyway, Nick, you go. Let's let's hear your thoughts on the exorcist. I'm I'm very curious because I know you I know you're you, you like uh religious stuff sometimes. You're a religious type yes. guy. And like um, so I'm I'm very curious about your thoughts on so overall, so like looking at the exorcist, like the original and the two sequels in this movie, I feel like in horror there are some movies that should have not turned should not have turned to a franchise there should have only been one jaws movie there should have only been one cycle movie and there should have only been one exorcist movie the second one was terrible i do like the third one but the third one could have been its own separate movie this movie the exorcist believer i did not have high hopes for it as all i am more critical of the whole exorcism possession genre in in the whole because i think it's a very lazy for filmmaking i think it's very lazy and one reason why i think it's lazy is it always looks at the christian form of exorcism exorcisms are prevalent in every major world religion buddhist hindu islam i think it would be very interesting if we it, i think it would be interesting in the future if there was another exorcist movie it should be focused more on another religion or even like the background of the first exorcist movie because I believe in the first exorcist, um, one the priest fought that demon prior somewhere. So I think it would be interesting to look at that. But going back to what I originally said, I think The Exorcist should have been a one-movie franchise. Alone, The Exorcist is one of the best horror movies of all time. It is dated with some of the technical and practical effects. I will say that. Some of the lip-syncing with like Reagan being possessed by the demon doesn't match up. But overall, it is one of the best horror movies of all time, love it or hate it. Love it or hate it has influenced an entire generation. That being said, The Exorcist Believer is a terrible movie. It is following the footsteps of the recent Halloween trilogy, the Scream movie, and a few other movies. These movies are called legacy sequels because they pick off usually from the very first movie. Well, actually... Um, of a real quick the scream movie does not do that my bad the scream movie does not do that but the halloween trilogy and uh, some of these other movies recent horror movies are legacy um sequels basically they pick up right after the events of the first movie they just look at the events of the first movie the halloween movies did that i think the and i i didn't i did enjoy the first halloween movie of the new trilogy the other two, in my opinion, were very lazy. They were very lazy, especially the third one. And if you watch the third one, it is a bladed ripoff of Christine. It is a bladed ripoff of Christine. But I think legacy horror movies are a very lazy form of writing. And the reason why is because it's mainly building around a story that everyone already knows due to a franchise flooded with sequels, flooded with different timelines with all this information and these movies are only built for the fans and the and these movies are loaded with easter eggs and callbacks and references 
And every legacy horror movie brings back one original person from the original movie. J Jamie Lee Curtis was in the new Halloween movie, and they brought back the original mom from the Exorcist movie. Um, over to think that legacy horror sequels are very lazy. I and I just want very and I just want to quickly say I'm not putting down the actors in those movies. Those actors did an amazing job with the script they were given. But the thing is, these movies are designed by studios for a quick cash grab on franchises that are already beloved. And I and I'm just gonna say this right now: a lot of popular slasher franchises. Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, even Child's Play. I think they should all just die at this point because we keep seeing the same story over and over and over again. And it's like with the Halloween trilogy. They said that those were going to be the last three Halloween movies, but there's talk of making another one. And I see these legacy horror movies as just cheap cash grabs on basically cheap cap cash grabs with the fans and with the legacy of those movies in the first place because once once again once again the exorcist should have been a standalone horror movie cycle should have been a standalone horror movie actually actually halloween the original halloween should have been a standalone horror movie we did not need a halloween we did not need a halloween four five six seven eight we did not need a jason goes to space a lot, <laughs> a lot of these franchises should have just been a one horror movie franchise, maybe even two. Happy Halloween 2 was a good movie, I will say that. But overall, The Exorcist Believer is a lazy movie following a lazy trend. These legacy horror movies are basically the updated remakes that flooded the 2010s. Those terrible, terrible remakes of basically every horror movie that was popular in the 80s and 90s and all this. But yeah. My hot take on that. I'll let you. I, I'll let you rant there. I'll let you go off there. Uh, <laughs> I, have, I actually have a lot to say about your rant, but I'm so glad you started oh. off the rant because that was the hottest rant. Mm. Like you went, you went off, and like I agree with everything you've said because I'll, I'll touch on that. The thing you said about the exorcism, how they're focusing on Christianity. Actually, let's welcome our other guest here. Yeah. Mirror, my gosh. Deontay's in here. Let's go, baby. What's going on, guys? But uh oh, uh, shout out to DFPN that's in our comment section. Uh they they were talking about uh I feel that they do not have some form of Christianity is the prevalent is the prevalent religion here in the US. So they want to stay cashing in on the US market. And, and yes, Nick is spitting that fire. Yeah, <laughs> that was like that was uh, that was like J Cole going off on a verse. That was like a feature from J Cole right there on the podcast. But anyway, Cole World, man. <laughs> uh, what back to what you're saying about the Christianity thing, Nick? Uh, Neo, you know, you know Neon, right? Yes, I do. Okay, Neon that uh, it lives inside. I think that's doing a different religion of possession. I think that has to do with the, because the main girl is Indian. Like, uh, I think Hindu, it's like a Hindu or something religion I heard. So that, that may be what you're looking for. I wouldn't, I haven't seen it yet, but like, I've heard it's pretty good. And, uh, that is a possession. So maybe we are starting to get that. Maybe with that movie, it will. Well, I, well, like what I'm talking more is like 
just like entire movie saying like India or Pakistan or another country where Christianity is not the prevalent religion. And also what you said about like the prequel to The Exorcist, uh, about the priest that encountered uh, Pazuzu, the demon before, they actually did do that. There is a movie out there. They did. There is a pre I forgot what it's called. Uh, I think it's actually called Legion, which is what the which William Peter Blatty wanted Exorcist 3 to be called. Oh, yeah, Legion. Okay. But it's yeah. called Legion, and that's it's uh, Max von Sydow's character. I forgot the priest's name. Uh, it's not Karis. Karis is the main guy, but the other priest's name. Uh, it's him. Uh, I think it's Stellan Skarsgård plays him, and he it's about him being in uh, Africa or wherever he found the uh, Pazuzu thing, and it's about that. So they didn't make that movie, but apparently it's god-awful terrible. So Man. And what you said about Halloween, I've said about Halloween. Halloween is my, and this is coming from a diehard John Carpenter fan, Halloween is my favorite horror film of all time. It will always be. It's always been my favorite horror film and always will be. That heat. It should have stayed... One movie. If if you think about Halloween, I know we're, we're supposed to be talking about Exorcist, but if you think about Halloween for a second here, if they would have left on that ending, that's John Carpenter intended that to be one movie. He wanted it to leave on that ending where Michael Myers gone because he's supposed to be the embodiment of evil. He's not supposed to be a person. He's not supposed to be like what Rob Zombie did where he tried to deconstruct him and made him a white trash little kid. He's not yeah. supposed to be <laughs> Don't even get me started on Rob Zombie's movies, but like, <laughs> real quick, uh, real quick, Jacob. I'm sorry, real quick. Rob Zombie is a terrible filmmaker. <sighs> I agree. I I agree with that. I don't like any. The only Rob Zombie film I like is House of a Thousand Corpses, and that movie completely rips off Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two. So like, Amen. even his, even even his best movie is just taking from another Toby Hooper. So like, even his best movie he's taken from other people, but uh. A lot of people hate Rob Zombie. I I I like I like the Rob both of the Rob Zombie Halloween movies. I didn't oh, think God. they were the greatest. They, they definitely weren't superior to the first Halloween, but uh, House of a Thousand Corpses for sure. And I did, didn't he do um what? It's it's the uh shit. It's it's based on like the people the Devil's Rejects. Wasn't that him as well? Yeah. Yes, that's, yes, that's, yes. He, that's the whole trilogy. He did the uh, it's the Firefly trilogy or whatever it's yeah. called. With uh, yeah, but, I, I thought Rob Zombie killed it with those. I, I mean, I haven't seen Devil Reject, so I can't say because I stopped at House of a Thousand Corpses because I liked it, but I was like, this is just Chainsaw, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 just in a different form, basically. The only right. thing that stands out is Sid Haig as Captain Spaulding. Rest in peace to him. He did great in that role. Rest in peace. Rest in peace to him, but he died a few years back. But uh, and what you're saying about the Halloween, it is completely true. Uh, David Gordon Green and Danny McBride, they're the ones who have written all these movies. Yeah, they should be kicked out of Hollywood. I'm saying it right now. <laughs> I, 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 re I honestly think because what they are doing and Blumhouse should be uh, should be reprimanded because. You know, I want to make a horror film sometimes. So I'm probably kicking myself in the ass because Blumhouse is going to pull this up and be like, you talk shit about us. But Blumhouse, at the beginning, they were great. At the beginning, they were kind of like an A24 for horror. They were doing good little – and then now I don't know what they've become. They've become just – they even do like stupid streaming movies. And like 
what Nick said about the Halloween. I know this is Exorcist, but since we don't get to th- we, won't, we won't get to talk about the Halloween sequel any other time, the sequel trilogy. I do like the first one, 2018. That's one of my favorites in the franchise, just because it does try to do, but it's basically what it does best. It's copying John Carpenter almost, so it's not too much earned. And uh, Halloween Kills is atrocious. And uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. You're talking about uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 and uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. That is true. Uh, Bill Mosley was Chop Top in part two of Chainsaw Massacre, and then he was the guy. Yeah, I haven't seen The Devil's Reject, so I can't say. Yeah, I saw it. As, I saw it as a teenager. I, maybe as an adult, I probably have a different perspective of it now. But what Nick was saying about the trilogies, like Halloween, should have been a, this its own thing. Exorcist should have been its own thing. They could have. The Exorcist Three is a great horror movie, underrated horror movie. I mean, I feel like that's it's got a lot more praise now than it used to. Like it's known now, but like. Even William Peter Blatty, the guy that wrote The First Exorcist, the book, and then he wrote, it was supposed to be called, he wanted it to be called Legion, but the studio wanted it to call Exorcist 3 because they had to make the money. They wanted to make money off the name. And they even made him redo the whole ending, which the studio ending is better than the director's cut ending, in my opinion. I've seen the director's cut ending, and it's it's kind of, you don't do, you don't do that for that type of movie. <laughs> So like that's one that's one instance where studio interference helped is the ending of Exorcist Three. But other than that, they should have let him call it what it wanted. It should have been tied to the Exorcist. I mean, Father Karras is in it, but that's a studio. Father Karras, I think, was wasn't originally in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and then the studio basically said, "Hey, you got to tie this to the first movie." But it's still a great movie. Go watch that. George C. Scott's amazing in it. He yelled all the time for no reason he's so angry in that movie and it's hilarious man but uh back to the halloween sequels yeah and then halloween ends nick is completely right they basically said let's see christine but let's put it in the halloween franchise and let's uh i mean the kid even looks like the kid in christine like it's not even it's not it's not like they're same trying to hide also. it either. same oh name God. too i forgot about that it is the same name <laughs> and it, that, which is absolutely nuts but like (laughs) i'm glad that i'm glad it i hope it ended with that i will say i do like halloween ends better than halloween kills and i think it does some it does have some interesting ideas i respect the interesting ideas they had for that they just did not execute it well whatsoever Mm. but uh back to the exorcist believer we'll get on the main topic now my god this is the worst movie I've seen in theaters all year. <laughs> it is god awful dog shit, dog water. I've been wanting ever since I saw it Saturday. I've been wanting to talk about this movie. I'm I I'm wanting to not <laughs> go in on filmmakers and go in on people because I know how hard it is to make a film. All three of us here know how hard it is to make a film. Mm-hmm. So I don't like to go hard on people. But my God, are you an idiot? Like David Gordon Green and Danny McBride, what the what are you writing? What are you doing? Like, are you that stupid? Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, I it was so eye-rolling and it was so like I couldn't believe what they were doing. And that William Freakin had just died, man. And like they literally I know he didn't write the Exorcist, you know, but he directed it, and that Exorcist is a big part of his legacy. And he even said that 
he that he's okay with being remembered as a guy who directed The Exorcist because he did love making that movie. And uh, the fact that they just fucking took the name and just ran it in the freaking ground, dude, is just Man. it's it dep- it depressed me leaving the theater. I was just like. If we were freaking saw, I want to. I wish freaking would have stayed alive for a little longer because he would have went in on this movie, and I wish I could have seen that because it is just. I think William Peter Blatty's dead too. I hope he's dead so he doesn't have to see this because, like, what they did with his creation is just. And I mean, Nick, they even tried. They tried to bring in other religions in this movie. They gave you that. Remember, they had they had the little theme about like the one girl. And then that, like the people in Haiti, and then like, uh, what's the other one? There's like a Catholic one, and then there's a yeah, there's uh, a. There's, I think there's like a Methodist too, yeah. or like some Baptist or something like that. Yeah, they're but, trying to do like, and they were trying to do a theme there. Like, it doesn't matter what religion you're in, as long as you believe in something. And oh my god, this. Is oh I, yeah, oh I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, and this is yeah. the last thing I'll say because I'll let you guys talk. But this is the last thing I'm going to say for for right now. Before I let you guys talk, that ending where the nurse, the freaking nurse, when she gives that speech at the end where she's like, you just have to persevere. It's like it's showing the sun shining through the window. She's sitting there with, I think it's one of the detectives. I can't even remember. This movie's already left my brain. I've tried to scrub it from my brain. Uh, (laughs) She's like, you persevere, you know, I don't know if evil's real or something about like God and something. She's like, it's this whole drawn out Phyllis. It's like, uh, it's like a phil- uh, philosophy major writing something, trying to be deep is what it sounds like. And it falls <laughs> so flat. And I just wanted to be, like, I just wanted to jump through the screen and drop kick everybody that made that movie. I was just like, are you kidding me right now? You're giving us a speech now at the end of what we just saw? That shit we just saw? <laughs> You're giving us a speech? And uh, like... What, you real quick, seen, uh, what you talking about Christine, the car movie? Yeah. You bet. Yeah, we're talking about John Carpenter's Christine, 80s. But, like, and you guys, you, you've seen me, like, I'm always trying to give credit to the filmmakers. And like, this is the first time on, I've, this is what the sixth, seventh, sixth episode of the podcast. This is yeah. the first time I've been visibly angry because this movie, visibly, <laughs> like just talking about it. I just want to be like, are you, oh. are you fucking stupid? Like what were they thinking? What were they thinking? They bring the mom back. They bring back Ellen. They brought the mom and Reagan. And Reagan back. And mom is so great. She's in the last picture show. She's such a great actress. She's great in the first Exorcist. And they bring her back. And what do they do? They they bring her back just for her to try to... Okay. I said I was going to let you guys talk, but I have to finish this rant or I'm going to (laughs) explode. They say... Okay. They say she's been studying possession ever since whatever happened to Reagan happened to Reagan. And like... Okay. So she knows about possession. Well, she knows that you have to be like ordained religious person to convert an exorcism you can't just be a regular person to try to do an exorcism what does she do in the movie she walks in the little girl's room after like destroying the house and she tries to do an exorcism she's an 80 something year old woman trying to do an exorcism on this girl what do you think's gonna happen she's gonna have a heart attack <laughs> but literally and then and then all they do is they bring her back they play the tubular bells they try to get you with all the nostalgia feelings and then it, it did they they almost got me when they were playing the score they did do it 
I will say the score was they did a do a good rendition of the tubular bells. They did like a nice new mix of it for the movie. That's all. That's all I'm gonna give them on that. But they literally bring her back, build it up like it's Iron Man coming back or some shit, and then literally <laughs> she comes in the room. She tries to do it. She's she's supposed to be smart. She wrote a book about it. She studied all these religions. And then you're going to try to do this exorcist on this little girl when you don't even have a cross in your hand. You don't have a Bible. You have nothing. You're saying, get out of there, demon. She's just yelling at the little girl. like, And then and then she gets stabbed in the eyes. She gets both of her eyes taken out, basically. And then she's hospital ridden for the rest of the movie, laying in her bed with just things over her eyes. And then Reagan comes in in the end. That's what you do with a legacy character? Like, <laughs> that's what you... Like that's disrespectful to the old woman as an actress. Like she's yes. a, she was an esteemed actress in the seventies, and you, you bring her back. I mean, maybe she needed the paycheck, whatever. You know, <laughs> I don't put it on her at all. She probably needed the, you know, who knows? But like, that's what you do with her character is you disrespect that character in that way. Like, okay, I'm let you guys. <laughs> I gotta get. I gotta breathe for a second. You guys give your opinions on this movie and what you guys. What did you think, Deontay? Since you just jumped in here. Man, there are so many hot takes in here. I mean, he called a fire department. <laughs> uh, so here comes another hot take. I, I, I think the exorcist believer was uh, incredible. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness. The concept was horrible, but the rest of the rest of the movie was, was very well done for, for me. I, I like the, the cinematography, the actors. And and doing the best that they portrayed it, I think all of it went sideways because of the screenwriter. So before, I'm gonna add context. So on on a scale of one through ten, I gave Exorcist Believer a a flat out seven. Uh, It it won't go any higher or any lower, but I I I thought I thought I enjoyed it. It's a the way that they handled Reagan, like Jacob said, was definitely like really selling themselves short. Not not a smart move at all. Um, and then making her mom like kind of like a hero too. Just like I, I wrote a book, so I think I have some knowledge on what's going on. And it's just like, uh, she you probably didn't need her in this movie at all. You probably didn't need Reagan either. It was nice seeing Reagan, but honestly, you gave her like 15 seconds, and not not even that much. She came in, gave her a hug, and then we went straight to credits. And it's just like for 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 that you you will pay for that so i i would i would have gave if if they had made a lot more um smarter decisions uh with how they handled the concept of the movie i probably would have gave it at least a 9 uh, it's it's not it's not 10 worthy for me by any means um but i I'm I'm sure like the way Jake and uh, Nick ranted, they're probably giving it at least a four out of ten. <laughs> I, well, I gave it. What's that? Oh, so like uh, real quick. So I think one reason why Reagan was introduced right at the very end is they're actually making a sequel to Exorcist Believer. It's a trilogy. The C- Oh, a trilogy. It's oh, going to be a trilogy. This is going to be a trilogy, just like the Halloween trilogy. Oh my God. So Reagan is probably going to play a bigger role in the next Exorcist movie. They're doing the old classic Avengers thing where it's like, oh, no, here's this character. Boom, credits, you know. Yeah, it's like they could have given. I, I would I would have been able to live with like a post credit scene with Reagan in it. But like, 
to roll the credits right after she hugs her mom it's just like bro the director has to be fairly new to the game and probably doesn't study uh william friedkin that much because that was not something uh, a decision that william would have made and uh honestly are it's so it's a trilogy so it's two more movies or is it uh, yeah, one two more. Uh, it's it's going to be two more movies, and it's going to be David Gordon Green and Danny McBride writing them. Just like it's going to be the same thing they did with the Halloween trilogy. It's going to be Danny McBride, David Gordon Green writing, D David Gordon Green directing. He they, needs to be fired. Yeah, Both of them. like Nick Danny said, McBride is, probably, is that the same Danny McBride that's like uh, Eastbound and Down and all? Yeah. Wow, he is dipping into everything. What the fuck? <laughs> and like that's good i mean good on him i'm glad he's trying to like explore but stay away from horror man just stick yeah. to comedy because like what are you doing and i don't know i've never questioned you before but i don't know how i don't know how you could give this movie a set i don't know how you even like this movie oh my god I guess. It, it, it started off so strong for me like to to see like the uh, black family and uh to see for for me, it was a whole different experience from being a kid and watching the first Exorcist. It was like, oh, okay, cool, a uh, nice little happy white family until shit goes sideways. And then uh, I guess I don't know if it was an attempt to be inclusive or what, but this, they went all out African. So it was just like the first like twenty minutes of the movie. Uh, one of the main characters is a a dad who ended up becoming a single dad. So. A lot of the high points in the movie is just him like trying to do the best he can, uh, raising the raising his daughter by himself. And he's and the way that he's portrayed, he he he's a really badass dad. I I gave him credit for that. That part was really good writing. Uh I I, I like the part where the, the earthquake and his wife dying immediately, like within like the first 15, 20 minutes of the movie to establish like uh he he's like collecting memorabilia like the like the scarf from her and the daughter takes it and the scarf has meaning later on in the movie and I, I was like that was pretty well thought out the overall concept was at or concept was ass but uh the concept of just like having a fam a, a completely different family like different culture different different demographic and all that and seeing how a demon possession would affect them. That was cool. That was a really good idea. And then having the family, uh, they looked like they were pretty wealthy. Like the other family, the uh, the daughter's best friend, uh, their their parents had to come, a, come from a different walk of life. And how they reacted toward demon possession was, was pretty interesting too. But the finish is what kind of killed it for me because I, I was... If if the finish if the ending of the movie didn't happen the way it was the movie would have smooth gotten the eight for me and I would have called it good, but uh, if I go back and watch it again and see something that I missed it may drop to like a six but it I don't think it'll go any I can't I don't think it'll get worse than a six or a seven for me uh, I, I I thought it was really creative and cool how they handled those two different families having to come together. I did think it was weird that the exorcism required like somebody that was into African spiritual stuff, uh, someone that was one with nature, one Catholic priest, uh, and just like 
another uh, a Christian pastor and then like a, a couple other different people in a room. None of them worked together, which the exorcism probably would have went more smoothly if they did. But uh, it, 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 went, it went from like a genius move to like, oh, why, why did you fumble the bag at the last 45 minutes of the movie? Uh, I, I don't know what went sideways there, but I, I, I definitely would have done it a lot better. Or I would have just left the exorcist the hell alone. Just don't even touch it. Yeah. Just, like Nick said, leave it. Just leave it as one movie. I mean, I mean, we already had the second and third one, so you can't really, but leave it at that. Just why is this a trilogy? Was her completely unprepared exorcism? I, you know, I don't think so because it's at the, it's like at the, it's still in like the first act when she does that. So I don't think it's the last act of desperation. If, if it was the last act of desperation, she would have done that in the third act. And like, because the other two acts, she's just in the hospital bed saying, Reagan, like, Reagan yeah. showing up, I actually, I, that's weird that you don't like that part. Reagan showing up was the only other thing I liked in the movie because, like, oh, there's Reagan. I get to see that at least. At least there's, because it reminded me of how great The Exorcist is. I was like, oh, that's a reminder of the movie they're stomping on. So, like, yeah, I saw Reagan and I clapped and I was like, yeah, now we get to see her. And then the movie ended and I was like, what the fuck? And <laughs> they could have given her at least five minutes of screen time. And then set us up with like a cliffhanger, maybe to lead into the other two movies. But they, I, I'm telling you guys right now, I swear to God, if Reagan becomes like the new, like this, these next two movies, she becomes like on a journey to like destroy this demon or whatever, and she be basically becomes a Marvel superhero. I will, I will, I will bow out of the movie business. <laughs> I, will, <laughs> I will, I will scream because like. No, that's not what you do. I won't. I won't bow out of the movie business, obviously. But like, oh my god, this movie just—I've never had a movie bother me so much. And like this, it's been a few years since I've had a movie like make me so angry. And I don't even know why. I think it's just because I love the original so much, and I look like you know that internet nerd that's just sitting here just spitting ass. Like, oh, you can't go out there and make a movie. Like, why are you criticizing it? You couldn't do better. I honestly, this is the only time I believe I can make a better Exorcist movie than what they made. This is the only time I will ever say that because I am not a great filmmaker. I haven't even directed my first film. I've always been DP. I've always been other things. I've always been an actor or something, but I could make a better movie than what they made here easily. Any, any all three of us could, any of us yeah. could in this whole thing. We could have made like David Gordon Green and Danny McBride. How do you... How do you still have your jobs? I hope this movie bombs. <laughs> I don't. I never pray for movies downfall. I hope this movie bombs at the box office and they can't make another trilogy. Uh, but it's not going to. It's going to make its money back because it was cheap. And but my, I guess since you were giving ratings, my grade, you know, I do grades. It's a D plus for me, and the D plus is only because <laughs> of the remix of the score. <laughs> That the acting was actually I'll give it like the, the, the main character, the dad, he was mm -hmm. a good actor. He he actually like all credits to the all the acting was all credits to the acting. Uh the 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 I guess they were Methodist or whatever, whatever that family was, they, mm -hmm. the mom was a little rough and the dad was a little rough. But like the and the young girls were really great. Like the young girls did great. Yeah. And I mean that's a tough role to be a you know, 
12, 13 year old girl and you have to act like you're being possessed by a demon. I like, I, I couldn't even imagine being in that headspace. So like God. props to them. That's why I give it a D plus. And because I just saw Reagan at the end, but other than that D plus I have a letterbox now and uh, I gave it like a one, 1. 1.5 out of five on letterbox. Ooh. Cause it is just booty. Savage. <laughs> <laughs> what, what'd you give it, Nick? Honestly, I'm honestly, I would give it a two. I would give it a two. And the only reason why I give it a two is it still takes guts to take on another entry in a beloved horror movie franchise. I will give him that. I will give him that. He could easily, and he should have, but he could easily turn down the project and just gave it to someone else. I will say it did, it, it does take guts to take on a project like that. But, and also, I'm going off some stuff you were saying, it was a well-shot movie. Like, the shots look good. And and the actors, they did they did the best they could with the script they had. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's a terrible movie. It's a, And I hope it's a black stain on his legacy forever. I hope when he's 80 or 90 and, you know, he's retired in a nursing home, he thinks about this movie every day and he cries of how bad it is because it's just not a good movie but i would give it a two just because it does take a level of courage to take on another entry uh, another horror movie entry and it was also again a well-shot movie the shots look good and the actors said the best they could with the material and unless they're totally just butchering it i will never like watch a movie and be like that actor did a bad job basically because usually it falls down the hands of the screenwriter plus yeah. the director. Facts. Everything is in the story. Like all the problems are in the story. Like the, sto- the story and the directing, the execution. It's the story and the directing. It's not the actor's fault whatsoever. It's It was the story and the directing. Keep in mind when making a movie is... Yeah, it could... It- yeah, based on Billy's comment, it, it the the producers definitely have a probably have a hand of its failure as well. Oh, the thing yeah. is, I don't buy that because David Gordon Green and Danny McBride were also producers on the film, mm. oh, and they yeah. made and they made Blumhouse all tons of money with the Halloween trilogy. So I don't think David Gordon Green had any studio pressure on him whatsoever. I think this is what him and Danny because they were like, for some reason Blumhouse thinks they're golden boys. And like, oh, let, let's give you an let's get, you did good with so good with Halloween. Let's give you the Exorcist. Let's give you another classic franchise and fucking destroy. Sorry, but like <laughs> <laughs> language, well, foul language. But I mean, oh it is because people now people like the third one, and for some strange reason, some people do like the second one. It's like the Jaws franchise. People like those movies. Mainly because they're bad, like Jaws 2, 3, yeah. 4. I think there's a fifth one. I would say The Exorcist is a beloved franchise, but it's beloved for different reasons. The first one is beloved for its influence on the horror movie genre as a whole. The third one's beloved because it's so different and it's basically its own movie. The second one is beloved for how bad it is. Mm. I've never met a person that said they liked the second one. I've I've seen like some people online say they like the second one. Granted, a lot of the time it's like it's one of those so bad it's good movies. Yeah. And all that. But it's also like, I mean, I do think The Exorcist is one of the most beloved 
horror movie or horror movie franchises of all time. Like it is one like I think when you look at horror movies that can like stretch all across society, all movie lovers in general, it's like The Exorcist and The Silence of the Lambs. Movies like those compared to like the more Rob Zombie, cut them up, shove them in a bag type movies, you know. Yeah. I, honestly, I off the top of my head, I can't really think of too many like really bomb ass horror movie sequels. Uh, Paranormal Activity was good for like a good three movies and then they got out to four and five. And I was just like, I'm just watching it just because at this point. And Conjuring was good for a couple movies as well. Don't get me started on the Conjuring movies. Oh man! Right, not, well, but, we'll get we'll get there in a little bit, Nick. <laughs> hold your horses for a second. <laughs> and but what you said about Psycho, I think I think you're wrong about the Psycho. No, I'm not, not deserving a sequel. I think Psycho Two is one of the best horror sequels ever made. I say I'll say it because the director actually shot the film like Hitchcock would have shot it. Like, he actually tried to be like Hitchcock. I mean, he's obviously... It's not obviously not as good as the original. Obviously, you can't beat Hitchcock. But, like, he tried to respect Hitchcock, and he tried to do Hitchcock-esque shots. And he... And it's also... it's Honestly, it might be a better story than the first Psycho. Just to, It's not executed better, but I think it's a better story in Psycho 2. Norman Bates coming out of jail, and he's dealing with all that. I think Psycho 2... Is such an underrated sequel. Like all, I think I think all of them are underrated. The Psycho, fr- I think the Psycho franchise is actually pretty good. I haven't seen the I haven't seen Psycho two yet, but uh. I, I recommend it if you like Psycho. I think Psycho two is a really because it and also it came out 21, 22 years after the first one. It came out in the eighties, so like they had a lot of distance to like you know, and I really I. I uh I like Psych. I think that's another thing. Psycho Two is underrated. Go watch it. The only yeah. thing I will say about Psycho Two is it is I do like how it shows the after like the aftermath for the main villain. How it shows the aftermath, like what happens, you know, in jail and coming out of jail and all that. But also at the same time, I feel like Psycho Two is like a rare horror movie sequel that should have been made. But at the same time, I will argue that it should not have been made uh, at the same time. Because, like, I just feel like the original cycle, it's so good. The story is so good. And truthfully, the ending of it, it is a good ending. You know, they caught him. He's going to jail. We really don't need to know that much more about Norman Bates as a character, you know. Right. It's kind of like with the whole Bates Motel TV show. Did we really need a TV show looking at his early childhood? When we right. got that information, basically in the first movie, it's like with the Pet Cemetery prequel that's coming out. I think it already came out too. Yeah, you really need another Pet Cemetery movie telling us about the animals coming from the dead when we literally saw all the prequel stuff in the original movie. Like they had flashbacks for a reason. And you know, I will say, you know, Psycho Two is a rare, rare case, but I think the rest of the Psycho movies and the stuff that followed after that is not good on like the Bates Motel. Oh, and I think, and I'm pretty sure there was a cycle remake in like the 90s. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was 1999. It was Gus Van Sant too, which is shocking, but it was, yeah, that shouldn't have been remade. Hmm. Vince Vaughn and Vince Vaughn actually played. 
Oh God! Oh, oh man! Oh it, no! It's nineteen. It was nineteen ninety nine. Vince Vaughn played Norman Bates. Is directed by Gus Van Sant, which Gus Van Sant's a great director. Goodwill Hunting, stuff like that. But like, it should. It's it's basically a shot for shot remake. And there's a few weird added scenes. But what I've I haven't seen it because I'm ne- I'm never gonna watch it. But like. I don't need to because apparently it's just the same exact movie with just a few added scenes, but it's basically just script for script. Man. Honestly, uh, that when I heard Pet Cemetery was going to do like a little TV series, I was like, oh, man. Uh, unless they like would have explored like the Wendigo a little bit more, that would have been cool. Like the, the origin story of like where it came from and why is it like in charge of the forest? surrounding the, the pet cemetery and why people shouldn't trespass in it like you could have dived into that but if you're going to keep going over uh dead bodies that get buried there it's just like nobody really is going to keep checking for that well you and i mean off topic but pet cemetery is obviously off topic but you get what nick said you get the story like uh fred gwynn as judd given the story in the fir- in the original movie you get the gist. You don't need a. Uh, you don't need to like actually show us what happened, and so yeah, yeah. I actually I heard. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing about that's the f- remake is famous for that. There is a scene where the yeah the remake's famous for that. And rest in peace to her. She's actually she actually died in a car wreck. I think a year ago or something. Rest in peace to Anne Hayes. She was a good actress. Rest in peace to oh, her. Oh wow. What yeah. what movies was she in? I know. I want to say I know what. I say she's a great actress, but I can't remember what movie she's in. But I know there's like my memory's so bad. She's been in some really good movies, I'm, but I'm she gonna, plays gonna... uh, Marion Crane in the remake of Psycho. She plays the main or the you think is the main girl until halfway through, obviously. But like, yeah, man. Yeah, rest in peace. F in the chat for Ann Hayes for sure. Uh, that's all I got for Exorcist the Believer. Uh, uh, you guys wanted to do like maybe talk to talk to me next or Saw. I'll let Nick choose. Hmm. Okay. Uh, let me see. Cause we got Saul talk to me and the Nun too, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So hmm, let me let me think. Let me think. How about let's try to get all like the franchise movies out of the way, and then we can do talk to me. Then we can do talk to me. Bet. Okay. So, so sounds like Saw X. It is, and, and we have we haven't. Seen. Seen. <laughs> I don't think any any of the three of us have seen it. Well, <laughs> see, see, well, like I haven't seen it, but here's again my thoughts on the Saw movies. The storyline. It's just, it's basically just a cop soap opera at this point. There's just so <laughs> much nonsense left and right. I actually do think that the Saul movie could have been a good standalone horror movie because the ending is one of the by far one of the best 21st century horror movie endings of all time. It's classic. It's iconic in every single way. Game on. I, yeah. I will say that the Chris Rock Saul movie was a tragedy. It should not have been made. <laughs> The only reason why it became like popular, if you will, is because it's Chris Rock, the funny man, 
directing a scary movie. He's trying to make it funny. You got Samuel L. Jackson in there going, what's up, motherfucker? And all that stuff. But this, I feel like the Saw movies are very interesting, interesting franchise because they did kickstart torture porn. But the thing is, the first Saw movie is not that violent of a movie. And they actually don't start kicking up the violence until like very later on in the series. But the main issue is John Kramer, spoiler alert, everyone. Uh oh. He died, I think, in like the fourth or the fifth one. The third one. The third one, yeah. He died in like the third one. But the thing is, they still kept chugging him in like every other movie. And I'm pretty sure with this one, he's alive again, but it's not a prequel. It's like a sequel. It's it's a prequel. It's set in between the first and second one. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> okay. So actually my thoughts on that kind of like just flew out the window. But <laughs> I think my thing is with like the – okay, she's actually right about that. She is right. I think it is a legal way to watch snuff films. It is a legal way. But again, the first Saw movie – it's not that bad. Like, I just think with the Saw movies, uh, I think at the end of the day, people really don't care about the storyline because the storyline is too overcomplicated. He has so many hitchmen and Amanda Blake and the pig and the all of this stuff. And he's upset because like this happens, so he has to kill people to make him feel better, or he gets aroused from it. I think he gets sexually aroused from it personally. Yeah. But, the only reason why people like the Saw movies is because of the posters and the traps. If you take those elements away, no one would care about them. I actually think a better torture porn franchise than the Saw movies with a similar atmosphere of like setting traps is the collection, the collector. I think those are those two movies are some of the best torture porn movies, if you will, to come out of the 2000s because, yeah. it, again, they're not super violent. And it's kind of like a horror version of Home Alone, especially the first one. Yeah. But, but I just think with this, again, it's another cash grab because they know they're going to put out the cool poster with, like, the pipes or the tubes going in the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> trailers showing all this torture stuff, and then people are going to flock in, and they're going to be like, oh, my God, look at all this. <laughs> I'm like, guys, there's been, like, nine of these movies already. It's like Final Destination. You know yeah. people are going to die in a terrible way, but... That, that that personally that's my thoughts on the new Saul movie and just for the record I will not see it I probably won't either I'm going to put my money back in my pocket wow. <laughs> you guys aren't seeing it okay I'm 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 actually I'm watching it this weekend a buddy of mine wants to go see it so I'm watching it with him this weekend wow we'll see. you know what I heard though I've only seen the first two and that's the only reason I'm able to see this movie is because it's set in between the first. It's because he's having, you know, in the first one you find out, I think it's the first one, or the second one you find out he has cancer or whatever. And this one is set in between the first two and he's having to try to, he's having surgery to get the cancer removed, but like they like jip him or whatever. They, it's like a scam. And then he tries to get revenge on those people that scammed him because the surgery didn't work or whatever. And I've actually seen, and there's like, because I follow some horror YouTubers, horror film, horror in that in that community. And, like, there's a few people that, like, I know somebody who loves the Saw franchise thinks it's top two of the franchise. I know a guy that absolutely hates the franchise and says this is easily the best Saw movie ever made. And, like, I've been seeing it. Like, a lot of people are saying this is the best one ever made, and which is crazy to me because 
the first one is almost near the first one's almost a near perfect indie little movie james wan and uh lee winnell did great on that and uh the first one's in my top 20 favorite horror films of all time i love the first one the yeah. second the second one is just dumb fun like the second one's it's a it's a good movie but it's and I quit after that because I saw the the quality from the first one and the, to the second one is like, pew. so like yeah. after, after that, I just gave up and I watched the new spiral because I like Chris Rock. So I was like, let's see what, and I wanted to see what Chris Rock could do. And obviously he didn't do well, but like, <laughs> um, which I wanted, yeah. I wanted Chris Rock to succeed. I love seeing Chris Rock in movies, but like. That, that movie in particular has made Will Smith want to smack him again. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but like, I'm excited to watch Saw X just because it's set in between the first two, so I actually know what's going on, and people are saying it's the best in the franchise. So yeah, so I will see on that. But like, yeah, that's my that's my that's my only experience with the Saw franchise. I made it. I made it to like Saw two. I, I think I made it to the third Saw before I I finally just quit, and it just became like. Fast and the Furious for me because I stopped in Fast and Furious with Tokyo Drift and it's just like, bro, if you make it to like twelve different sequels, you're you're doing too much. You're you're trying to capitalize on on an easy easy people, I guess, easy to please people. I don't I don't I don't know what the conspiracy theory it is is behind that, but uh. Saw was perfect as it was, and like Nick said, the need sequels, and definitely ten years from now won't need any legacy sequels. But uh, I, I can't, I can't tell these these damn studios what to do at all, so they can go broke on their own for not listening to what the box office told them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I'm pretty sure the first Saw movie was the only one that got like really good reviews. Yeah, it's actually rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. Even the it first is? one. Wow, I didn't know that. Even the first uh, one. Well, I mean, to be fair, back then, like scream type horror movies were still popular. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that, that was what? Oh four. Yeah, oh four. So I think it was like even been like maybe a bit earlier too, but I don't know. Like I think at the end of the day, you don't have to like watch all the Saw movies. You just have to watch like those YouTube videos where it's all the traps, every single trap. I did that, and I'm like, I've watched all the Saw movies. That's <laughs> the only thing people care oh. about. It's the damn traps, man. Will they will they make the time limit? Um, I oh, Emperor Emperor King Will has made it to the chat. He says, I do still like a few of the Saw movies, but the last one before this was the best one. In my opinion, uh, uh, and saw one, and I think it's nine because X is ten. Hmm. I think saw. Is he talking about spiral? Is because that's not technically yeah. saw nine, is it? Yeah, I, wait. Really? Well, yeah, I thought spiral was like its own thing. And because yeah, they did jigsaw too. Jigsaw is not technically in the num- numerals either. I think they've tried to do the two different things. They did Jigsaw and then they did Spiral and then they have like the number franchise. Yeah, I think there is a Saw 9 that 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 is out. I think Jigsaw and Spiral were separate from 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 all of those. So that uh, means there's 12 uh, Saw movies. God. 
Good God Almighty, man. Like Jesus what? <laughs> like even even like Nightmare of Elm Street and like uh Friday the thirteenth had to stop at some point. Halloween Friday, had to stop at some point. Friday the thirteenth made it. I think there's I don't know. I think there's twelve Friday the thirteenth movies actually. Because yeah. I think because I think there's a thing people are saying they gotta make a thirteenth one because it's Friday the thirteenth. Yeah. But what what I don't know if we'll ever see that. I well, hope. actually, we're getting an A24 show for Friday the 13th. Actually, I forgot. Oh. A24 is producing a show about Friday. I don't know what it's going to be about. What's a Friday the 13th show produced by A24? Apparently, they're working on it right now, is what I've read. So we'll yeah. See. B- Bill- Billy was saying that people hated the f- the first Saw movie. And uh, I... I, I watched the movie so many times as a kid growing up. Maybe I need to watch it again as an adult, but it, I was kind of obsessed with the first Saw movie. It, it it felt like a classic to me. I don't really know what the criticisms were about for the first movie, but... Uh, I was late to the game. I didn't watch the first Saw until 2018. So I, I, was, I was late. I didn't watch them growing up. I was late to the Saw game. Let me see. Will says... And nine. No, I'm not talking about Spiral. That movie was. <laughs> You're right. Straight up booty cheese. Dang it, Chris Rock. I had faith. Yeah, Jigsaw Man. number one was the best ones in my opinion. So he's talking about yeah. Jigsaw. Okay, I haven't seen Jigsaw, so I can't comment on that. But I need to check Jigsaw out then. I'm not. I'm not watching Spiral unless I unless I could do it for free and someone makes me do it. <laughs> It's boring too, and then like if if anything, you're make you're gonna make a Saw movie boring, and like the twist is, because you know that that's their thing now with Saw. They gotta have a twist. That's the that's the thing with Saw. You gotta have that twist. The twist is like you see it coming a mile away, and it's like you know who the killer is, and it's just like, why? Poor Chris Chris Rock. He I think you know what if Danny McBride and David Gordon Green can pee on the grave. Of Halloween and Exorcist, Chris Rock deserves another chance at horror. That's all I'm yeah. gonna say. <laughs> we'll we'll find something for him. Put him in like the the legacy uh, sequel for Leprechaun. He'll probably <laughs> fare pretty well for that. They actually made one. They actually made a legacy sequel they for did. Leprechaun. It went straight to DVD wow. though. Wow. Okay. Hot take. Hot take. I watched it. It's dumb. But I think it's way better than the Exorcist movie, like like the like the the new one, the new one. Well, I could see that. I mean, I could go outside and watch a dog pee on grass, and it's better than Exorcist Believer. So, <laughs> Damn. I, I'm telling you guys, I hate that movie. I hate the movie. I don't hate movies, but Exorcist Believer can go somewhere. I just, yeah. <laughs> God, Lee. Oh, we're not talking of- about. That. Oh. <laughs> Chris Rock needs to get slapped again. Apparently, let me see. <laughs> then, yeah, yeah, that was the meat and potatoes for the first Saw movie. It's like people were trying to figure out this and that. Like, how can he escape without getting hurt? How can he escape without killing the person that's in the cell with him? Ooh, the person in the cell with him is dead too. Too late. All right, back to square one. Solve the mystery and how you cannot get killed and you can escape. And 
after the fact, we the other mystery we had to solve was who is this guy like over the microphone giving me all the instructions about the, the trap I'm in. And that that made it really fun for me, even as a kid to to watch, because I, I feel like I was a part of it. Watching, I'll say this because this ties us all. Watching Exorcist Believer, I felt like I was in a. I felt like I was in a soul trap. I felt like Jigsaw had me, there. <laughs> and that was my torture was watching Exorcist Believer. I think that's. Yeah. I think that's what happened, honestly. Yeah, I, I, that, that's that's all I got to say about it. Off the top, without even going to Seesaw X, I'm probably going to give it like a a four point five just to be just to play nice. I'm gonna give it a zero. This is <laughs> right off the bat. Well, I, no you know mercy. What? I, have, I have faith in it. I have faith in it. I've been hearing good things. I have faith in it. Facts. I still think there's some good horror people, out, horror directors oh. out there. There's some good ones. Yeah, there is. Well, like actually, uh, Ari Ari Aster. That man. Amazing. He's an amazing filmmaker. Well, I think right now with the horror genre, we're at a very, very weird point, in my opinion. Because I personally feel like A24 is kind of slowing down with horror movies. I feel like they're slowing down a bit. Yeah. But more original stuff coming out, like the Five Nights at Freddy's movie, which I'm, which I'm going to see, and it will be the best horror movie of all time. But... We see more original stuff coming out, but at the same time, we're dealing with these legacy sequels. I feel like as horror fans, as movie fans, we need to start seeing the original stuff more. The Facts. issue the issue with horror is, in my opinion, is every film genre has a plate of like, you know, content and just like movies and all that. Horror fans have the biggest plate of content ever because horror movies will always be made. Horror movies are being chugged out every week. But the thing is, we are starving because, and we do it to ourselves. Yeah. We choose to go see these remakes and legacy sequels and stuff like that. When at the end of the day, we have original movies coming out every single day. And I'm gonna be honest with you, a lot of these original movies are bad. But I mean, <laughs> some of the biggest hits that have come out recently, like uh, Terrifier, for example, that was a small, small indie film, and now look at it, it's probably the biggest horror movie of this decade. So yeah. I think right now as horror fans and as movie fans, we're at a very weird point where we do have to start supporting, promoting, suggesting, doing all that stuff with original movies compared Man. to like, cause I mean, let's be honest here. We're not going to get that slasher um, Mortal Kombat movie. We want, we're not going to see Michael versus Jason versus Freddie versus Chucky. That's never going to happen. We should let that die. And yeah. instead, we should start focusing on these newer movies these and newer studios putting out stuff, newer filmmakers and all that. And, um, and But yeah, no, I do think A24, they are slowing down with movie, their horror movies. They're not dying. They are not dying. But I do think they are slowing down with the amount of horror movies they are putting out. I think they're trying to go a more exper like experimental indie route again. They're trying to go Oscar worthy too a lot more. Yeah. Like I think this year Talk to Me was the, like the only like act, like uh, mass marketed horror film they released was Talk to Me this year. I think that's the only one that I can yeah, that's the only one that A24 has produced. 
Mass that Market. was an original story too. Yeah, Mass a Market. Really good original. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they did any on streaming or anything like that, or straight to digital or whatever. But like in theaters, Talk to Me is the only horror film A twenty four is released this year. So. Yeah, that striking pandemic did a number on uh, the on the film industry. It did. It did. And the bad thing about the strike is they they figured it out with the screenwriters and all that, but the actors, I believe, are still striking, or vice versa. They figured it out with one side, yeah. but the other side is still striking right now. And I think also just like with the rise of AI and stuff like that too, because this act this actually yeah. pissed me off when I saw it. They're making a sequel to Brightburn. Which I, I love Brightburn. I thought it was a really good movie. Yeah. But they're using AI in it, it, whether it be for the screenwriting or just like do animation or whatever. They're using AI for this sequel. And I feel like that's the future we're going to see. God. With a lot of these movies, they're going to be using AI for it. God. And you kind of see it in TV shows too. Like Marvel was already dabbled with it a little bit too. Their whole opening theme for uh Secret Invasion uh was AI generated and a lot of people completely hated it. So it's like that that should be a precursor for y'all to leave that shit alone from here on out. It's it's getting scary, boys. We're in a scary yeah. the movie the movie business is a scary business. It's it's always been a scary business, but it's getting scarier. I will say that it's looking bleaker. Not to get a tutor. I mean, so you know what? This is a spooky Halloween special, so let's get scary. <laughs> the movie, the movie business, not looking too good. It's looking scary. Yeah, I mean, there's is. little bright spots, but like, yeah. it's looking scary. I guess before we get too depressed about that, should we move on to the uh, the Nun Two? Yep, this is the last uh, franchise before Talk to Me. So the the light is at the end of the tunnel, guys. Let's see. Did you see the Nun 2, Nick? Um, I did. I've seen all the Conjuring franchise movies. Like I've seen the first Conjuring movie. I've seen all the Annabelle movies, that Curse of La Lorena, which was a terrible movie. Then I've seen all the Nun movies. Mm. I've seen all too. So, what about yeah. you, Deontay? I I I love the Nun movies. Contrary to popular belief, uh, mm. I it is just something about the fact that this demon is is actually dropping bodies left and right, and it is just like a, a lot of uh, like spiritual horror movies or supernatural horror movies don't really go that far uh, historically. But then you have movies like, like the later paranormal activities, like four or five, where like the the demon is actually like impaling people and and doing stuff like that. And it's just like, man, that kind of it's it's more disturbing than it is scary because it's just like if I have a demon possession, what will it take to make that motherfucker off me? Is before I get an exorcism done? Is it it kind of raises that factor to it because he. It's not it's not really common that people um experience like demon possessions where the people doing the exorcism die, uh the family that's involved with the exorcism is getting killed, or just random bystanders will get killed if they're at the wrong place at the wrong time. It just it, it makes the demon seem a lot more powerful than it actually is, and it's a lot more dangerous and lethal. So it's 
it, it gives you it gives you that like if you're in the room with with the uh Valak, the nun demon uh, the chances of you living are living are very slim and and they stayed consistent with that so i i really enjoyed that so have you you've seen all the conjuring movies i have okay my in my i've seen all of them too in my opinion a lot of people might hate me for this. The Conjuring is in my top ten favorite horror films. I love that movie. I just it takes you back to. I just love the seventies. It it really takes you back to the seven. James Wan was a master with that. Wow. It takes you back to the seventies. The Conjuring Two is a great sequel. Other than that, honestly, I could take or leave almost. The rest of them. The Curse of La Llorona is the worst one, in my opinion. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It was kind of lame. I it's think. the worst one. But I actually, I would put the first nun right after it as the worst one. Yeah, like, I don't know. I feel like my thing with the Conjuring movie is, again, I love the first one. Just the overall aesthetic of it was so good. It was just so good. I think my issue is with the Conjuring movies is when the franchise started to kick up, like, kickstart that's when marvel was really pushing their whole shared universe so the conjuring now has the shared universe and i think for me like and you can really start to see that with the second conjuring movie mm -hmm. but for me i really lost faith in the franchise with i think it was the third annabelle movie annabelle comes home because <laughs> i love i love the concept of all like their uh possessed cursed items that they have I was really excited to see them all come to life and come to action and all that. But all they did, they would just sit there. They would sit there or they would like turn their heads. The only one who did anything was the fairy man and like the black shuck. And I just feel like it was just such a poorly written movie. And like, it was like, it was basically my exorcist believer. I saw that and I'm like, I can do way better with that. I can do way better with that. And I just feel like, with the conjuring um overall they're they're just trying to be the horror version of marvel it really shows in a lot of the movies the two the first conjuring movie was an amazing movie and for me the the, the first nun movie was it was kind of unnecessary <laughs> once again we got the background on the nun and all that i do like how they're trying to like kind of like connect all the like the stories and all like the timeline i guess make the time like make the timeline better for people because they keep expanding on it with every single movie so i do appreciate when they do expand on it they do, they do show what actually happens because mm -hmm. i think they keep tying it back to the fritch guy from the first movie he got possessed but i i personally like the second nun movie kind of for the same reasons how the demon was just dropping bodies yeah. i'm really glad we get to see that because like annabelle and like the fairy man, the black shuck, all those other demons and cursed items from um, the Annabelle Conjuring movies, even like the crooked man from the second one, they're just there to like give you a little jump scare. They're not going to kill you. They're not yeah. going to. This demon, on the other hand, if that girl and that babysitter unleashed that demon in the house, it would have tore them to shreds. Jeez. And I feel like, I think with the Conjuring, also they're just running out of like ideas. And cases because after a while it's just the same thing over and over. Haunted house, possessed person, they show up, they do this, they get the item, they put it back in the museum, then boom, credits. 
So I think it would be very interesting for me to see the nun completely detach itself from the conjuring mm -hmm. brand and become its own thing and maybe expand on, I guess, that side of things, you know, kind of like drop Ed and Lorraine Warren and just focus more on maybe that, if you will. Yeah, it, it definitely has plenty of potential. Like Annabelle had plenty of potential too. Like you could honestly make movies about that, everything that's inside of that damn museum uh, exactly. with the exactly. with the Warrens. And it's just like, and, and it would be good content. Like everything could stand alone by itself. Like you cover one artifact that they found. And, and honestly, you could make an Ed and Lorraine Warren universe just for them, and they and, and cover all their experiences and what led to them. Uh, I, I would love an Ed and Lorraine universe. I'll say this: the best movies, and for me at least, my four favorite, or besides, I, I'd actually put the Nun Two as one of my favorite in the Conjuring universe. Before we talk about dive deep into it, but. The best ones in the Conjuring universe are the ones that have Ed and Lorraine in them for me. Yeah. Like I know Nick just destroyed Annabelle Comes Home. That's my favorite Annabelle of the whole show. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on now. That's okay. my favorite. That's Annabelle Creation is overrated. Everybody loves that one. It's boring. It's Annabelle Creation is boring. The first one is actually not that bad. But I, I like not, the first one more. It's not yeah. good, but I would actually I'd watch the first one over Creation just I love David F. Sandberg too. Like Lights Out is a great little indie horror film, but like that movie is just—it's just so boring to me. But like Annabelle Comes Home, I—I I actually I've seen it like three or four times. Like I—I rewatch it. Like I actually like it. I don't know. It's weird. I know, and it, I shouldn't like it. Like I know what you're talking about, Nick, because they like they have so much potential and they kind of just waste it with the babysitter in the house. I don't know why I like it, but I can't. And but Ed and Lorraine are in it for a little bit, and then. Yeah. I think my other thing with like Annabelle comes home is like the tone is very different to the original conjuring movies. And even the two previous Annabelle movies and the nun, they were darker, they were scarier. And the Annabelle comes home. It just seemed like a little kitty horror movie from the 1970s, you know, and also real quick. Uh, yes. Uh, yes, they were. They, there was mm -hmm. talks about making the crooked man spinoff. And they were going to make it like yeah. stop motion too, I believe. But oh. I believe they canceled it, which makes yeah, it was me canceled. which makes me upset. But I think the one thing I like about Annabelle Comes Home is like they didn't they did not focus on like a lot of the artifacts, especially the ones that were really hyped up, like that little symbol banging monkey. Everyone <laughs> see a movie. I want to see a movie about him, but we don't get to see that. I will say though. Annabelle Comes Home did have some of the most original demons so far. Demons and spirits. But Real quick, I want to shout out Mac before, because his comments just popped up. Mac, you're the boy. Lights out. Go watch it. That's actually in my top ten favorite horror films of all time, because it's so yeah. simple and so creepy for me. The short film or, or the actual feature film? The short film's great. Go watch both. The short film's great. The feature film, I love too. Go watch. The, the feature film is what I'm talking about. Lights Out is in my top ten. I'll say yeah. top twenty. I'd say top twenty to be safe, but like it's one of my favorite horror films. Like, go watch Lights Out. Like, that's another underrated. This is a Halloween special. We can recommend Halloween movies. That's one I I highly recommend. Lights Out. That's but the okay. one movie like that didn't make its own universe and go crazy no. with sequels. Like, I I appreciated that. 
And it's so it just had a dour ending. It was so realistic. Like the ending is not good whatsoever. But like, oh yeah, the, it it was it was so it was so inventive and original and the idea and like the guy that made the short film, the studio actually gave him money to do the actual feature film. They didn't just take somebody's idea from the short film and give it to a big name director. They let the David F. Sandberg do his give him more money to do a feature version of it. Yeah. And like that's just. Like awesome itself, but continue, Nick. Sorry about that. You're all good. You're all good. But uh, real quick though, I do love the short film Lights Out. I have not seen the actual feature film, but and also I have seen that Twilight Zone episode. I have seen that <laughs> episode. You that dramatic experience. One. Yeah. And that was. I think, oh no. Go ahead. I'm sorry. On me. Oh yeah. Well. well uh, I think, okay. Well, I, I think my thing is they basically made that little toy monkey like. The Mickey Mouse uh, mascot of the Conjuring universe, like it was always Annabelle, then that toy monkey, and they always like highlighted it in you know downstairs with like all the other stuff. And what really sucks though is like if you actually read about the real life artifacts they have, they have so many like scary ones. They have like this doll that can like make people have heart attacks and stuff like that. And I would just love it if they actually had a mixture of like original characters like. The fairy man, the black shuck, and the crooked man, and the real life artifacts they have. Then again, yeah. I think the studio should let me have that opportunity to make a movie about that. But I think overall, though, I think one reason why I'm not a fan, again, at the end of the day, when it comes to Annabelle Comes Home, a lot of wasted potential, and I'm not a fan of the tone shift. And speaking about tone shift, I actually feel like the nun, even the first one, both of them are probably, in my opinion, the darkest movies of the entire conjuring franchise yeah because even with the first one like the first one is dark don't get me wrong but still has like those partridge family moments if you will you know with like the kitchen scene and stuff like that like you feel you feel safe watching it because there's a ton of characters and you know even if one dies these other ones are probably still going to live and they have kids too mm -hmm. but with like the nun too like i mean nuns are dying left and right like, I remember when I watched the trailer, I'm like, oh, this is going to be vicious. Yeah. And I just feel like The Nun 2, in my opinion, it is overall just the darkest Conjuring franchise movie so far. It really is. Like, there's, like, one scene in the movie where the the nun, I think in that man's body or, or someone else's body, but he came straight to someone's house and just murdered a kid, cold blood. It's like, wow, you're just going to casually just murk a kid. But then you find out later that that kid is like a descendant of a family that uh, that the witch had like a, a long time gr grudge against. So it's it's like, whew, like I'd not want to be a part of that family tree. <laughs> well, like uh, it's crazy, too, because the guy that directed the Nun 2 directed the first <laughs> La Llorona, which is crazy because that movie's the worst in the franchise. Oh, and, uh, he also did Conjuring 3. He also directed Conjuring 3. So he's like, I guess he's going to be their guy now, like their guy they go to. But uh, Michael, I think it's Michael Chavez is his name. Uh, so props to him for actually making better movies than his Curse of La Llorona. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> and the Conjuring 3 was a letdown because when you have the Conjuring, when you, because to me, the first the, the the first two Conjurings are easily the best in the whole franchise for me. Mm -hmm. And it's because of James. If James Wan directed both of those, that's why. And like the third one, James Wan isn't there to direct it. That And it's just 
I do like that's a human that's actually doing the wrongdoings and not a yeah. demon in that one. Yeah. My God, that little kid being possessed, the CGI just took me out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there like a fourth and a fifth conjuring or am, am I losing it? Oh, so they actually did out a fourth conjuring movie. A lot that of people made me do it. Well, that's the I, third one. Oh, that's the third one? Okay. Well, yeah. I think the fourth one, I don't remember what the title is, but a lot of people think it's going about the whole Amityville horror house or whatever. And they kind they of already, did that in the second movie, though. Yeah, well, I think this time they're actually going to like expand fully on their involvement in it. But they all, they all, they, they also announced the Conjuring TV show, and I think I'm hoping that focuses more on like the artifacts. Please, like, like I would love, to do a series like that. I would love like even like a like an anthology movie about mm -hmm. the artifacts, you know. And but I think, yeah, I think the Conjuring series. I don't think it's overstaying its welcome. I think they just need to like move on from certain elements and like either take. A darker tone or keep in my opinion chugging out these family friendly you know horror movies because annabelle comes home curse la lorena i would even say um the devil made me do it they're more family friendly if you will yeah there was some bodies dropping and devil made me do it too now that i think about it but it, it was still like you could still like go with like your siblings and your parents and, and get a really cool. good scare out of it it brings the element because Ed and Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga, they do great as Ed and Lorraine Warren. Like they're perfect in those roles. And like it, it really ground like the first, that's what's so good about the first two. They really ground that movie in realism with those two characters. Cause you feel like these, these, these people could be your neighbors. They don't feel like, like priests or something, you know, they're just regular people that do have this crazy job. And like, you feel like they could be your, you know, neighbors down the street and like, they have such good chemistry based just bouncing off of each other. And I love that scene. And just like the conjuring too, where like it's this horror movie, Valak is running around and they just take a moment for Ed to play an Elvis song on a guitar. Like just little moments like that really help ground the horror and make it more feel more realistic. And that's I think with Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga, they just that's they should utilize them more. Maybe they don't want to be utilized more, but if they do, they should. And the yeah. next, because I mean, that's what holds them. Because the third one, story wise, not that great. CGI, that kid, my God. But like, <laughs> it was Ed and Lorraine that made that movie. Yeah. yeah. If they had their own spinoff, like Netflix series, and it's like maybe like one season only, maybe like maybe up to like 10, 10 episodes, like an hour a pop each episode. And it covers like some of the most dangerous artifacts that they have. I have, I have a good idea with that. Did you guys see yeah. uh, last year? Uh, Guillermo del Toro uh, produced it. Cabinet of Curio uh, Cabinet yeah. of Curiosities. Yes, I saw yeah. that. Yeah. You guys watch that? That is a great little anthology series on Netflix. You, if you guys, anybody watching that's wanting some like something spooky, a series to watch, go watch that. That's actually really good. There's some really good. Some episodes are in. Because it's all by different directors, but like some of them are like really good. But like, do that type of anthology storytelling with Ed and Lorraine's room. You could do something like that. Oh my god, that would be fire! That would be absolute fire. Uh, 
And uh, shout out to Boogie Windu. Uh, that that's our boy Aunt Boogie in the comments section. Uh, well, well, welcome, welcome, and thank you for tuning in. Uh, we we just made it through a couple horror movie reviews. Uh, we're on the Nun Two right now, and then uh, the last one will be Talk to Me right after this one. Uh, but yeah, uh, Ed, Ed and Lorraine, they're just, they're just like staples in like the horror community. Like, I, I feel like a lot of people who haven't been to their museum probably put that museum on their bucket list and like to know the stories behind those artifacts. And oh, yeah. it, especially knowing that it's based on true stories, it's just like, I mean, it, of course. It's like, you know, fictionalized and brought up because obviously yeah. there's not a Valak the Nun isn't real and they're not Annabelle didn't do all that stuff she did. But like, yeah, like I've watched like videos on like them people like I went down a rabbit hole one time just watching videos on them on like the original house and like the museum and like the museum. Like you can't even touch anything in there because like they're so scared. Like if you touch something, you'll create an attachment to that demon or whatever or yeah. whatever. Like. They have like they have like people watching it, and I think uh, Lorraine just died recently. I think didn't she? She uh, she did. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, bloody. She yeah, died. She, she. It was. It was not too long ago, and uh, but then again, I've also heard the other side of things where people say they were just scam artists, they were crooks. So I mean, we who who knows? Unless you knew them, like, you will really never know. But like. I guess it's just your beliefs, what you believe in, what you don't. And like, maybe they help people. Maybe they were scam artists. I don't know. I I enjoy their portrayals in movies, and they seem like they seem like good people from the interviews I watched. Well, I, Ed was dead. Like, I think he died like in the eighties or nineties. But like Lorraine, she's done. I think she she even did an interview for like the Blu-ray on The Conjuring, and like, because I think she was a consultant, actually. She was a consultant from the first movie, at least. I know for the first movie. I don't know about the others, but the first movie she was. And uh, so, I mean, you know, she uh, she's even like a nice old lady. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, honestly, if I met them in person, I'd probably hang out with them and have a cup of coffee, talk about some of their most craziest experiences that they had to go through. And then maybe like stories about how stupid ass customers come in and they touch stuff anyways. And there's a, there's been a, actually just recently they went viral. I don't know who it was, but someone barehanded touched Annabelle and, and people have been all over TikTok like ranting about it and oh, praying I remember for that. Somebody stole the doll. Yeah. Then somebody stole the doll. Uh, they, they were moving the doll and someone took it out and filmed it. To, to get like TikTok view, get their TikTok viewers up. And it's like, you stupid motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> like the one doll you don't touch with your bare hand. You could, the sign says don't touch anything, but you could probably get away with touching all the other stuff. But you open that whole blessed casket open, pull, put your hands in there and grab Annabelle with your bare ass hand just for the likes. You are a like, fucking moron. Maybe they weren't. I guess maybe they weren't religious and they didn't believe in it. But I don't. I, I mean, I, I, uh, I'm not messing with that. I'm not playing with demons. I'm not touching that. <laughs> it was like you are gonna learn today. They are gonna find out. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah, I think one thing that sucks though about the museum is like people can't go to it anymore. Like I think, uh, YouTubers and certain people can, but it's not like a everyday tourist attraction. Yeah, you have to, to have special permission. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think what also sucks is like 
there's not like a list anywhere with like all the artifacts in the museum or like the stories behind them. So whenever you like look up like YouTube videos or top 10 lists, it's always like the same couple artifacts, like the Annabelle doll and some other stuff. So like, like I would love there just be like an actual list of like all the artifacts they have and like the stories behind them and stuff like that. But yeah, what Will was saying that yeah, that's true. That every they have a that or at least when Lorraine was alive because I watched a video on it. Uh, they had a priest come every week and bless the room. They went by and blessed like he he'd go by and bless the whole room every week. They had somebody come by and bless that room. So I mean, these people. I mean, you're having a priest come by every week to bless the room. I don't think they were. I don't. I don't think they believe they were scam artists if they were because I think they really believe that stuff. Because if you're having a priest oh. come bless the room every week, like man you know that's money out of their pocket just to get that done yeah like, that priest probably isn't doing it for free so like yeah it's like jesus christ like i i at least want to watch someone be stupid enough to touch annabelle and then and then document their experience like yeah ha ha you touched annabelle you stupid bitch and now incredible <laughs> i did read something i've i read something somewhere a few years back where somebody did Lorraine told a story. Some girl or somebody, some kids were messing around in the museum once and they actually touched the Annabelle doll. And then, like, I think it was like a week later, one of them died in a car accident or something. Yeah. I don't know where that's from, but I actually read that somewhere that like somebody actually touched the doll and they ended up dying like a week later. I don't oh, know if God. they just made, she just, she made, she could have made that story up. Media could have made that story up. I don't know if that's true or not, but I did actually read that. Yeah, dude. It, for the way the movies made it seem, it was just like some. I think one of at least one of those. I think the very first Annabelle uh, movie was loosely based on something that really happened, but the rest of them were just like we're gonna act a fucking fool fool with this story now. Um, yeah, the yeah the first movie is based off of like how the Annabelle doll became cursed or whatever. The first movie is well, it's yeah. like. They don't even have the right Annabelle doll. Like the actual Annabelle doll is a raggedy and yeah. doll. And like yeah. I know they can't have it because like copyright or licensing or whatever. I think, and it just wouldn't be scary either for like right. film, filming well, purposes. I think actually that the Annabelle, the actual Annabelle doll, would be scary in the film because I think the one they have now it's scary, but at the same time it's like I mean like the effect like wears off. Like you can tell. They're just hyping the doll up. You can tell, like, you know, it's like they're trying to make it look scary. Yeah. While the actual Annabelle doll looks innocent. So I think that, I personally think that's scarier. Yeah. But then again, they can't have, like, a beloved childhood toy icon, whatever, being, like, possessed by a demon in a movie. Yeah, they needed those movies. They, they wanted that Chucky effect, but they wanted something stronger than Chucky. That's what they were going for. And like I just I remembered something Nick just said about when we were talking about indie films and Terrifier. Like if you look, look at Terrifier, like the second movie was completely crowdfunded, and like it's become. I actually think the second one may even be like a bigger was a bigger hit than the first one. And yeah. like now, like I went to Spirit Halloween the other day. They have Terrifier masks now, and like Terrifier merchandise. And like this was a movie that people made like with no studio. They it was like an indie film. And like now, like it's in spirit Halloween, like it's become that iconic that fast. Like, and the yeah. first one was like 2018, 2017, whatever. So, like, you there's still you can still make horror icons 
on an indie level. Like you can still make something great like that. Absolutely. Which of course they use shocking gore and stuff because that's the thing about Terrifier is you know it's gore it's so gore, gory and all that. But like it's the opportunities there. Yeah, and gore horror kind of just makes me uncomfortable. It doesn't really tear it doesn't put fear into my heart. Yeah. What puts fear into my heart is knowing that you have to fall asleep in a house that that you're not alone in, and it's it's something in there watching you or fucking with you while you're trying to catch some Z's and pulling at your feet is that that is the type of stuff that make you like sleep with one eye open or sleep with a light on and, and check every corner of the house that is type that's what I consider real horror mm-hmm. yeah I think like with like Terrifier like I think the guy who makes Terrifier he knows it's just like a shock film and people are seeing it because of the shock and yeah. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest though, at the end of the day, if like I saw Art the Clown outside my window, I would just piss myself. <laughs> he is, like he is a scary motherfucker. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like it's one of those things where like like you were saying, like if I had to fall asleep in a house or even like an abandoned school or whatever, where it's just like there's supposed to be demons or ghosts, I would be terrified. Yeah. Especially if I was by myself, too. Dude, man, like that I think that's what made paranormal activities the first one so incredible because it's just like they're they 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 feel safe and sound at home, like nothing can touch them, they're confident, they're comfortable. And then this demon is just like, by the way, this is my house too, bitch. And it, it starts just jerking them uh out of their bedrooms and dragging the wife down the hallway. It's just like holy hell, like what if that was us? Like, holy hell, dude terrifying just terrifying but like back on the nun too real quick uh when i went into it i was like because like i said the nuns my second to least favorite because it, it had such a cool setting in romania and that nun abbey like such a great setting but they just completely it felt like a haunted house ride to me all yeah. it was was set up scare set up jump scare set up jump scare set up jump scare. that's all it, it felt like a haunted house ride because like a girl would walk around the room in the dark and then she looks one way and then nope, the scare is coming this way. And like you could, it was telegraphed and there wasn't really that much of a story of Valak and it really let Valak down. Whereas this movie, I feel like took all those criticisms, didn't completely nail on it. Cause I will, I will say I give this movie a B plus. It's not great. It's really good, but uh, it's, I'd say a B plus. Uh, I don't know uh, out of 10, probably like an eight out of 10, but like, it's uh the directing the directing i feel like the shots were like really cinematic it just felt really cinematic just the way they shot it and it just it felt like and i love the indiana jones aspect of it i don't know if you guys picked up on this but there's such a raiders of lost ark influence on this movie because like when they have the when they're like even they even have like it's basically the staff of raw with the sun coming through, but it's demonized in the yeah. in the painting and they have the one thing and then they're trying to find the girl's eyes. Like that is such Indian. Like if, and they were like globe trotting cause they were going from one place to another. Like I love, and that sounds crazy. Like Indiana Jones and like a demon. Gun. Like you don't <laughs> yeah. think that, but I love how they incorporate like an Indiana Jones adventure feeling to it. And they had so good, like the newspaper stand was such a good executed scare. Like it was, so well done. And like there were so many good like good Valak scares and they used Valak in a much better way in this movie. And like when you kill 
we've said this. I think we said this in the first podcast. Maybe we're sickos, but like when you kill a kid, that excites me in a horror movie. When they kill a kid, that excites me because that lets you know that's the director, that's the writer, that that's them letting you know nothing is safe. Everything, nobody, everybody. There's no hands off of anybody. So like when in the first twenty minutes, when that little girl. She's delivering that little French girl or whatever, wherever they're at. She's delivering uh, the groceries. And then, like, you know, it's the full – it's like a full, like – it's almost like a tracking shot following her, just putting up the groceries. And then she sees Maurice. And then you see the nun's hand come around the mirror. And you see her face in the shadow. And he's, like, tweaking out or whatever. And she tries to run away. Yeah. And you don't, you don't see it, but you see her feet. And then you just hear snap. And you see blood start coming down. And I was just yeah. like – Good God, man! And like, the, and like oh. the first five minutes with the priest, when the holy water just completely sizzles, like the holy water sizz- bubbling out and just goes to nothing, and then you just see the nun behind the holy water, and then the priest is trying to stop him, and she just like breaks his hands and then like sends him up in the air and sets him on fire. I was just like, we're into something. I was like, okay, let's go, like. They amped it up, and they they executed the scare so well. They executed the horror so well. They they actually had characters you cared about. Vera Farmiga's sister, Thaisa Farmiga, I think is her name, who plays the main nun. She's a really – she plays like a really good nun. Like a really – she looks so innocent. Like she plays a great – that type of thing. And like they brought in uh, that Storm Reed, who she's been kind of making waves. She's a younger actress making waves. So that kind of added some – value to it and like they could have done more with her character honestly but she was a good side character and then maurice like we know about it and like you know because he's the one in the first conjuring they show the film of the exorcism of him which i think he dies in but like so like we know the tie-in and everything and like the just this at that little and it's at a girl's school so that just makes it even more terrifying because it's not like at an abbey like there's not like like at that abbey, it was just basically her and then the priest and a few other people. Like it was a very desolate area. This is like a fully populated girls' school. And like I don't, I don't unless you're a sicko, I mean we're sickos because we love horror. We're talking about horror films like this, but like if you 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 like you feel that like uh that extra scare because you're like, oh my god, these are a bunch of young girls, like and there's this Valak, and we know how vicious she is within the first it, because it's not really a, you know, but, like, it is in the first five minutes. It sets a priest aflame, and, like, it kills a girl. It already kills a girl, and then she's at this little girl's school, and it's like, you, you think anything can happen. And, like, the girls, that one girl, she gets the pierce. She gets pierced with the by the goat. And I was yeah. like... Oh, and that's another thing. They use practical effects in this movie. I actually watched, I went through and I looked at the credits. Somebody is dressed up in that goat uniform. Somebody plays the goat. Like, that is all practical. I mean, of course, they probably use some CGI in some shots, but that is mostly practical, that goat was. Yeah, the, the, the little goat-human hybrid demon thing that got sent chasing after them. I was, holy shit, man. I, I was terrified out of out of my mind. I was so I happy think, when I read the credits and saw that somebody was actually playing him. I was like, because I could, I could tell it was practical, and I was just like, I was just clapping. I was like, come on, finally a 2023 horror movie using a practical effect creature. Like, come on, that's great. Right, it wasn't just all straight up CGI. Like something was actually chasing the shit out these kids, and it's like, yeah. oh man, 
Like there's a dude on all fours at one at some point because he's credited. So like it's just like he was fast as hell. Like plot armor wasn't really protecting these guys. They were just like if you were close enough for him to grab you, he would have grabbed you. I mean, and I then like it, it sets up like like the little choir, the girl loses the choir. She, you know, her son was a choir boy. She loses her. And then the nun uses it to like get her. And then that thing comes down on her head. And it's just like <sighs> this movie, this movie had like slasher elements. Like it had a body count. And I really, it really did. And oh, yeah. I, yeah I like, like this, oh, so I'm going. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll, only thing I had to say is uh, I think things went sideways just a little bit when they like, Valak took the eyes from them and used the eyes to power herself up. And then she basically turned into like a Marvel villain and she was just shooting lightning bolts and setting shit on fire. And it's just like, okay, I wasn't prepared to see a demon doing all of that. But if I saw that in real life, I'd probably shit myself and surrender. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she was a little bit too powerful for a demon and kind of robbed the experience just a little bit there. But that's all I had to say. But yeah, again, like going back to my original statement, like with what Jacob said about basically being like a slasher film, I do think it was the darkest conjuring franchise movie with all those elements, like the people dying right away and the priest and like even like, you know, the holy water sizzling and all that. There was really like no limits to this movie, like with the cruelty in it, you know. I think that was the point of it to like really show that this is an actual force of evil that has to be contained because again with like some of the other conjuring movies they're like well you know we get this little force of evil and we're going to feed it this way and that way this this time around it's just like they're completely defenseless really yeah and i think it just really shows just like how far like story-wise the whole franchise has come but yeah but at the end of the day it is by far the darkest Conjuring movie. And I think they are, they're really going to have to pull like a lot of showstoppers out to make either the next Conjuring movie or the next Annabelle movie just as dark. Right. And the Could- ending, the ending is my least, the, the ending is my problem with the, the movie because like Deontay said, it beca- she becomes a Marvel villain. Like, and it is so CGI heavy. Like the in the CGI does not look good in that ending. And, of course, you got to use CGI, but like with what they're doing, obviously, but they could have done it in a better, they could have used better effects. And it was just so dumb how they were like holding Storm Reed's hand and they were like, you know, let's bless. And they blessed the, they basically blessed the wine. And that's how they defeat, like, that was such a like cheesy ending. And like, that's another thing I had an issue with was the item they were trying to get was so odd. Like, why do you, a pair of eyeballs from a saint, like, I felt like they should have done something different with that. Like they should have written something better than the artifact being a pair of eyeballs because like it, it, I love that scene where it cuts way back into like the crusade days when she's getting her eyes stabbed out. Like that was cool, but like maybe have like an artifact she was wearing or something like that. Don't like eyeballs. They even make a joke about it in the movie. Storm reads like, Oh, we're looking for eyeballs. And like, they they think because they make a they think because they wrote the joke in about the eyeballs that the audience is gonna forgive it like aha they they recognize it silly so it's okay no it's still stupid but like that's yeah, why I give, that's why I give it a B plus is because just that third act kind of fell apart and the, the they should have done something better with the 
uh, eyeball part. But did you guys notice? Did you see this? If you're paying very close attention, did you, did you notice they reused the hallway shot from Conjuring 2 twice? Really? Really? I'm about to go back and rewatch both of those, honestly. Yeah. I actually saw The Nun 2 twice. That's how much I liked it. I saw it with two different people that wanted to see it. And, uh, I both I caught on it both times though, and actually the second time I caught on something else that I that I think they're setting up. I don't I don't want to say, but I think they're setting up something with this movie because they showed the nun from the con. They showed the exact same scene, like they didn't they didn't reshoot it. It's footage from Conjuring Two, and it's the nun in the hallway, and it puts uh, Taisa Farmiga's character in the hallway. And you know, in the movie, they say that like they're descendants of this saint. And I think they are trying to set up that Thaisa Farmiga and the bear for Lorraine Warren, her character, are all descendants of the saint somehow. Because the reason why I say that is because there's one shot, there's one cut where it, uh, it's, a, it's so fast, it's like two seconds. They cut, they because they show the hallway, the hallway scene twice in the middle of the movie and at the end when Thaisa Farmiga is like having visions of her mother. It cuts to the hallway. And then it cuts back and it shows Lorraine. Like you actually see Lorraine Warren's face in this movie for like a quick second. It's Vera Farmiga. It's her face from The Conjuring 2. And then it switches to Thaisa Farmiga's face really fast. Like it is, I only noticed it on my second viewing. It is so fast. So I don't know if they're trying to set something up where they're going to say, I mean, it makes sense because they are sisters in real life and they do look very similar. Like I feel like they're trying to, they're setting up that there's a, they're related or there's a descendant there somehow. Yeah, that see, they're they're really great actresses for sure. And honestly, uh, I think another part that might have killed it for me is that the eyeballs didn't get the job done. Like the Valak took the eyeballs from them and powered up. And it's just like if you're going to introduce something so something like that, and 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 it, and it doesn't get the job done with the demon, like you have to go an extra mile, bless some random wine to to take a demon yeah. out. It's just like you kind of defeated your purpose. You defeated the purpose of their journey to find the eyes and everything. So it's, uh, and with that being said, I, I, I would probably give it like a solid B or a B plus as well, just 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 based off all of that. It would have been an A if it if it if they hadn't had that Marvel ending, honestly. Yeah, like I like looking back. I think I would give it like a seven or a six out of ten, an eight if I'm feeling really generous. Because again, like I think the nun still needs the fran- the nun franchise still needs a little bit more time to like really figure out what it's doing compared to like the other two franchises. But I I still think it was like a re- I think it was a good movie overall. And it's again, a good like, step forward. Yeah, and the ending they were trying to be too Thanos Doctor Doom with it. And all yeah. that, but I'm I'm really excited to see what they're going to do with the franchise, all three of them as a whole in the future. Absolutely, because if a demon that powerful is running rampant on Earth, you would think like somebody in heaven would be like, "Oh shit, we got a problem, problem, send an angel down or something." But it's like, nah, these two nuns with uh with blessed wine got got this shit. Best of luck to you. So. It, I, I, I had a whole lot of questions after seeing that scene, but up until that part, I, I enjoyed it. I am going to go watch it for a second time, and um, hopefully th- this trilogy is even better. They learn from their mistakes that they made in this one. 
yeah, it's a great step forward from the first one. If they make a better one and a third one, then it could be the best uh, spinoff trilogy. I still think The Conjuring still will hold as the best trilogy unless they make a fourth one, which apparently they're in production of one. But, like, yeah. Yeah. That's all I have to say about The Nun 2. It was really good. It's a few lazy writing mistakes. But other than that, you know, good scares. A, re a really – I was just happy – to see a nun movie that was at least good and you know done well because i was really disappointed with the first one when i saw it way back when yeah and, and valak will forever have a place in my heart as a, a iconic demon and just a bad guy in general in in horror films and just movies in general so i i, I, I appreciate this whole franchise in this universe cinematic universe that they established oh yeah like i definitely feel like looking at like the 21st century in terms of horror movies, I do feel like at the end of the day, the Conjuring franchise is the cream of the crop with yeah. storytelling, with characters, with settings, with able to keep a good, fresh storyline that always goes back like certain things. And I like, I, overall, I just, I'm really excited to see what they're going to do in the future with it. Like I am really excited to see how each franchise goes it, I mean, yeah, there's they, even a mid credit scene. Did you guys see the mid credit scene? Um, I don't remember it. Did you, Nick? Uh, no, no, okay. I did not. See it. There, is, there is a mid credit, like after the one credits, because I just googled it to see. So I stayed for that, and uh, it's basically them call Ed and they call Ed and Lorraine to come exercise Maurice, and then we know what happens with that. So it's not really anything you've got, you know, it's we because it, it just leads exactly into the what they show in the first Conjuring movie where he's, you know. Yeah, they give you all the context that you need. And that's that's what I that's one of the things I love the most about this cinematic universe is just like you have questions. They'll answer it in the right in the right amount of time. I will say it is sad, though, that we are sitting here saying that the Conjuring universe is the best as far as story and characters, because it is true by far in the 21st century. Nick's completely right. It is true, but that shows how low quality horror franchises have become that the, the conjure, cause it, it's not a great, it's, it's, it's good. It's not great. Besides the first movie, it's not all the movies are good. They're, I don't think any of them are great besides the first one and maybe the second one, but like that's sad that that's the only horror. That's the best we got. Yeah, it's, you don't know if it's at the bar too high or the bar too low because it's like uh, all these yeah. other cinematic universes with horror movies is just not bringing the heat. Sadly. But there is one uh, something that's starting to bud a little bit. The the Talk to Me universe that, that potentially could be um, coming around. The sequel's greenlit. Yeah, and I'm I'm really I'm really excited about it. Honestly, don't think they'll get too far if they're going to keep relying on this hand and just yeah. passing it around from household to household. But uh, this could is there's like some spinoffs that could be made with other like items just like that one. Then then we could we could we could be looking at another universe that could be a, a potential threat. So before we talk about it, I want to hear your grade and your grade. 
both of your guys is great. What do you? What are your grades? I want to hear the grades before the answers on this one. For talk to me. Yeah. Oh, so I would say my grade. I'm going to give it a B. I'm going to give it a B. I do okay. think it was a good movie. I, I I love the hand element of it. The trailer had me really freaked out at first because like just their faces being in pain and twisted and all that. Yeah. I, I think for me though, like I think one of my things with A24 horror is I'm not a huge fan of slow burn stuff. I like my stuff, I guess, quick and to the point. And Talk to Me was a bit faster than like some of the other A24 horror movies I've seen, like The Witch and some of those. But I think for me, A24 just has a very distinct brand of horror. I do appreciate it. I think just for me at times, like it, it is a bit slower for me. And I do like my horror to be a bit faster. But I am really excited to see where it will go. And like you were saying, I think they are going to have to move away from the hand sooner or later. I do. And I think one thing I really did like about the film was how they made it like a modern day like film. Like these were at people like we could see on campus are like at certain events or stuff like that. You know, I think one issue I have like a lot modern horror movies is they keep trying to bring people our age in like the 1960s or the 1970s just for like the whole like nostalgic factor. That's okay. I think with talk to me like bodies, 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 they're really showing like that Gen Z horror and elements of life we are used to. So I think for me at the end of the day, it's going to be a B. Yeah. I think I'm probably going to go the, the same route Nick took for this one. I'll give it a B as well. Uh, for the same reason, like uh, being able to touch Gen Z and like multiple like younger generations and like uh, be, being able to relate with like the the parent parental situations that they have going on. And then like the, the fact that they're having like after parties or house parties and just being able to talk to this this game gets them like a high and and um it uh people even like film film it and record it they go live on like a social media i think one of the characters went live on like a social media platform and, and record all of that and it's like th- that could easily happen in real life uh if a hand like that did exist like you probably find that somewhere in one of the frat houses by simo you, you just <laughs> like it, honestly the, yeah, the potential is really there, and uh, I, I, I'll, I'll stick with a B. It it has some flaws to the story, for, for sure. Uh, and I honestly don't think that hand should last more than two movies. But um, th- there is some unanswered questions that I would like to see. If they're going to answer it down the road, then I got time for that. But if they're not going to answer it in the near future, then they're they're gonna fumble they're gonna fumble something in uh with their next film, maybe even with this this one. Okay, I uh I liked it better than you guys. It's my favorite horror of the year. It's a uh, hey. now. I know what I guess people who've seen the show and you guys know. Oh, it's a twenty four. So of course you're gonna like it, but like. <laughs> I do. I mean, I I can't. I do. I like it. Like it's. I give it a. I give it a solid A. It's an A for me. It's a nine point five out of ten. Like it is. I think it's almost perfect. Like I loved it, and uh, it is such a good use 
what the hand basically is, how it's used at parties and stuff, it is such a good metaphor for addiction, it, whether it be like smoking weed, alcohol, LSD, any kind of drug, because that's basically what's being used as is a drug. And they're like all use it, they're all doing it and they're all getting famous off of it. And I love that opening scene where like uh, when you see the guy that had the hand before and his brother and he goes to the party with his brother and everybody just starts pulling out their phones and recording after he stabs somebody like, yeah, that is like and I know people, you know, some people in our especially our generation, you know, people be like, oh, that's just that's too that's going too harsh. I completely see that our generation doing shit like that. Like I completely see us do, like I could see a party happening. Somebody gets stabbed. People just pull out their phones and it's yeah. on TikTok the next day. Like I love that social commentary. I love how, cause it's made, it's also made by two YouTubers, their YouTube channel, Raka Raka. They're South Australian. I think I've right. seen a few of the YouTube videos and it's just awesome that two YouTubers came from YouTube and they made a horror film that got, bought at because it got bought at Sundance by A24. So like these guys made this film with their own I mean of course they had YouTube money because they are big YouTubers, but still they it showed that you can go from being a YouTuber to a filmmaker. And like that's good for like us. Like even with yeah. me and the our podcast and you and the main podcast and like you know like that gives you that's just good to see a YouTuber I mean they're they're older than us but like you youtubers being able to just like get a film made and produced and like i love that it kept the the australian aspect like the way they talk and stuff i like that they didn't try to make them like english like i like that it just adds something different to the movie you know and just the phrases and stuff they use and like just like they go on instagram live at one point and it's just like yeah it's used as a metaphor for addiction. And it's like the, the main girl, she wants to be liked so bad that she's willing to do anything. And like, I know I've been with people. I know people that are like that, that will do terrible things or like do stuff that's like drugs and stuff like that to fit in. And like, that's basically what she's doing. She's doing that to fit in. And I, I just, I love how it shows like the dark side of like, it, diving deeper it goes into like the dark side of like addiction and like i picked up on that like it has the theme about addiction and like you keep going you because she keeps wanting to go to the hand keep going to the hand and then god that that ending is so good when it's her in the hospital yeah and like you don't see what happens you don't see if she gets hit by or she you see she gets hit by a but you don't know if she's dead or not or anything and then it just ends with her being on the other side and like it's at the it's at a party. The hand is somewhere else, yeah, some other, in some other country. And she and she's on the other side now. She's the ghost. And it's like, I love that ending so much. I was like, I was just like, yes, yeah. like, that's so good because like she gave into the addiction. And it's like, it's a good story about like, you know, parties and drinking and addiction, alcohol, alcoholism. You know, anything like that. It's like. It's, it could be a metaphor for anything like that. And it's the hand is so it can be universal. And it's like, I love that. And like, it is so brutal. Like that when the little boy, touches yeah. the hand, when he gets messed up, like it actually made me like squeamish a little bit. Cause you're seeing a little 12, year old, 12, 13, 14, however old he was just get demolished. Like, I mean, his whole face was just mashed and like, man, just all demolished by putting his, just because, that girl wanted 
to because she could see that he wanted to fit in too. All he wanted to do was fit in, and I mean, like, look what happened to him. It got to a huge fallout too. It was just like girl and her best friend, and this is her best friend's younger brother. So of course, like the best friend is going to defend the fuck out the younger brother, and he was like, "Yo, don't let him get involved with this stupid shit." And then words get exchanged. She leaves the room, and he's just like, "You know what? Come and take the hand anyway." This is like how you can't you can't even be mad that she hates you now because you set her brother up for so much failure. Uh, getting him started with that hand. Yeah, like the main character, she's not even really like likable because the whole. I mean, you you don't want to see her die, obviously, but like you're like, oh my god, like why do you keep doing this? Why do you keep going with it? And it's just it's such a good metaphor for addiction, is what this movie yeah. really is. If you look at it. And then they 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 do have somewhat of an explanation for that because she's just like chasing the shit out of her mom, and it's just like, yeah, I guess that's. Uh, she, she found a, w- a new way to cope, but it's a horrible way to cope. And th- that that is a very awesome aspect of the movie, too. It's just like people who lose like someone that close to them and their way of grieving is just to do something or do willing to do whatever it takes just to see that person again and talk to them. And it's just like, oh, man. And this movie just kind of reminds you like there's going to be side effects to that. Like if you you want if you get to talk to your dead mother again, you're 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 gonna have to trade something off for that. And she did. She gave up her her whole life. So it, yeah. talk to me, talk to me is pretty damn dark. But I, I I enjoyed it. It was a good story nonetheless. Well, all right, gentlemen. I've had a pleasure being on here tonight. I've had a pleasure talking about movies. It's good to be back. Yes, I guess, Lord. I guess my only recommendation right now is Adult Swim did a live stream of some of their best Halloween episodes the other day, and it's still up. So I recommend that to everyone. I actually have that in the plane in the background right now. But it's been, it's been a pleasure, guys, and I cannot wait for the next podcast. And happy Halloween, everyone. Happy Halloween. Thanks for happy coming Halloween. out, brother. There's no problem. You guys take it easy. Yes, sir. Take it easy, Nick. Yes, you, you you gave you gave talk to me as a, a solid A. Yeah, I it was it was great. Like just and that's I mean I haven't seen it in two months, so it's been a while. But yeah. uh, it's hard to remember. But just the aspects of like the addiction and like the metaphors there and the themes there and like you know you know like I used. If you've grown up, you've seen people, you've had friends, you've been with people that are like, you know, will do anything just to run from their problems, hide from the trauma. And it's just like it was such a good way to tell a horror. Like it went back to like playing on a human emotion to tell a horror story, which is, in my opinion, what makes some of the scariest movies because it makes what I mean, takes what makes us human and does something terrifying with it and like man that poor kid i'm just saying about that poor kid how messed up he is and then when he's in the bat and then he gets he's in the bathroom he takes a tile and he starts stabbing himself again and oh, i'm just like God. you know what even if he didn't die like he's gonna be effed up the rest of his life like he he's just like he's gonna have skull he's gonna be all mashed like completely ruined man completely freaking ruined and it's just like 
I've the mom was kind of an asshole the whole movie, but even even she didn't deserve that. Like to see your son in a wheelchair bound, possessed by whoever the fuck is in his body and harming himself every opportunity he gets. And then you have a daughter who is like his older sister who has to suffer too to witness all of that. And it, it's it's all because like a a group a group of kids is just like we got a house party game that'll get you real fucked up. You should you should participate with this, and it's just like damn. Yeah, it's the new drug. That's all. It is. Yeah, they're using it as a drug, and it's it's crazy, man. A twenty four just knows how to buy good movies. Obviously, they 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 are hunting for like next level story, like. Uh, they need to swing around to Simo and then see what we talking about because that that inspires me to want to write uh, some next level storytelling for a horror or um, or just a movie in general. And like, uh, there's actually a really good if you guys love talk to me. There's a uh, on YouTube. It's a R A C K A R A C K A Racka Racka is their YouTube channel. They have a video of them going like a. Like it shows like their journey of making the film and them trying to get it into Sundance and them trying to get bought by a company and then they figure it out and then it shows the moment they get the call from a, that A24 bought their movie and like it's a really good it shows like the the making of like indie filmmaking and it's 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 a, it's a really good video it's twenty something minutes if you're into filmmaking and love talk to me I recommend watching that YouTube video but yeah man it's just great that two youtubers got their film i mean distributed by one of the biggest companies right now and it's it was in all theaters you know people loved it i mean people are now even like a24 even made like ceramic they like made like copies of the hand you can buy and like people are like i think it even sold out on a24.com just like people are buying the hand like it's becoming like in itself a kind of a horror icon item in itself it really I think is another another movie. It could be, you know, remembered like a, like an Annabelle type doll, like that type of thing. Yeah, especially if they come out with like a, a part two or just a sequel in general, and they cover the hand one more time. Maybe different crowd, uh, different reasons for using the hand, and and then showing like the how the other spirits got got involved with that hand. Like I, I would love to get all that information in the next movie. Yeah, I, I, uh, I loved it. I uh, just and just that ending is so perfect. I, I was like, how are we gonna end this? You know, and then it just ends on a dark note. Like it just ends with her. Basically, she thinks that she's alive, but then she's Man. dead, and she's on the other side. Like just just that just that cut of just the camera just turning and you see that she's on actually she's on the other side of the hand where she's the ghost is just like Man. insane, dude. There is absolutely no happy ending for almost any of these guys. Like I I just like she went so far. Just it was just such a well executed scares. It was scary. And like the inner cuts of scenes of showing like the kid when he's being like tortured basically and I guess hell or whatever yeah. he was tortured in by that hand and like just a whole bunch of like like naked people and like stuff and they're like carry like drag pulling on them and stuff and yeah. like it looks like he's just absolutely being tortured and it's just like 
that's going to be her for the rest of her life. Like she's going to be in hell or wherever that place is. And like, she's there for eternity. And it's just like, it's such a dark ending, but it's such a perfect way to end it. And it's just, like I said, it's kind of a warning just against any kind of addiction, alcoholism, addicted to, you know, pills, whatever, you know, it's just a good horror story based off of something very human and very real. Yeah, the last time I seen something this good, it was probably It Follows for me because It Follows was kind of like a a metaphor for like sex addiction almost. Yeah, it's just uh, like you have like sex with somebody. And yeah, and the the gift that keeps on giving, or in this case, the gift that keeps stalking you and following you, no matter where yeah. you are. I have a weird It Follows. I have a weird opinion on that one. I've seen it twice. I've seen it twice now. Uh, it's like a B minus C plus the best for me. I, like I love like some of the scare. It has some really good scares and it is terrifying, but like something about it. It's just, I just never loved that. I know people love that movie and it's so celebrated, but it's one of my, I don't really, I don't love that it follows. Yeah. I, I couldn't give it, I couldn't give it anything above like a B plus. Uh, it, it's some depending on what kind of mood I'm in, it stays in the B realm. Um, I, I and the reason why it's even that high is just because of the metaphor for me, because it's just like I, I could really get past all the the parts where they, they have to have sex just to pass the thing on. Uh what got me is the fact that they don't know if they could fall asleep in their own damn house that that thing could just show up and just bust through the door and just take them out right there it's it's crazy i love the concept like it is it is it is terrifying because something is following you at all times it could be on the other side of the world but it's still coming after you and you just don't know when and then when it and then we and it's not like a quick death because we see that girl on the beach at the beginning she's like all bent up and like twisted and it's like yeah it's, it's, it's like a very painful death too so like yeah i need to rewatch it follows because yeah that is terrifying to think about i i should probably give that another rewatch i've seen it twice but maybe i need to go back again and just yeah i think it. it's worth it for sure like something coming after you at a walking pace is just like you could travel to like canada and buy yourself maybe like a couple months or, or more and then you look out your window you think you see like normal people but yeah. the one thing that's getting closer and closer to your house is like oh that's that fucker that's going to kill me. And it's just like, it, it follows, it is maximum creep factor for me. And I, I love it. I love that it's, idea. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's almost like the person also represents like a trauma or like a thought because like, it's always in the back of your head. Like it's always going to be there in the back of your head. Like this yeah. is going to happen. It's like something like if you witness something traumatic or you did something wrong, that you know that you can't fix it's like always going to linger in your the back of your head and, and it's like yeah like just the concept man that does just the concept is when you really start to break it down and think about it, that's absolutely terrifying yeah it's just like you can... walking in a crowd like like say you're at an airport you're walking in a crowd full of people it, you don't know who it is it could be anybody and, and you know you see what happens when you get touched by it Man, <laughs> you get <laughs> Woo, basically rest- you basically just got to hole up and just put boards over the windows. You're the rest of your life, basically, and th- until you pass it. And then that's another thing: if you pass it on to someone else, then you have the guilt of killing like them. 
yeah, yeah. You basically gave them their own death certificate and and then they even threw in like if if that person dies it'll just come back to you i i, I, yeah. I might be wrong about that but if i am right if it does come back to you after I think the, you're right like holy hell like you there's absolutely no escape you just can't have sex with that cursed person man yeah. <laughs> it, 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 i when i first saw it i was like this is clearly an std reference but uh it 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 could it could it could mean a whole lot more than that than just yeah, like, that. The STD is just the base level of like what it was trying to tell, but it could be a metaphor for like I said, any thought, any trauma, really. Yeah. Like movies like It Follows and Talk to Me will like forever like hold a place in my in, in my mind rent free, uh, just because of the amazing and ingenious concepts uh, that the the writers came up with. Yeah, I will say I I like talk to me more, but I think it follows is more memorable, maybe maybe just just more iconic in the sense that I don't know. It just seems more iconic to for me. Like I feel like it's gonna it's gonna its name is gonna last longer. Yeah, because like talk to me, it came out. That's the one thing I will say about talk to me. It came out in August, and you don't really hear much about it anymore. Nah, it, it's going to require a sequel just to just to uh, keep that franchise alive and thriving. Yeah, like it follows basically hit like cult status. Like it's going to be like Nick said with Terrifier, it's going to be talked about. And like same with like X and Pearl, though. I mean, yeah, both of those have hit cult status already. And it's insane to me. And yeah, and it follows was just one and done, like exactly yeah. like what Nick rant, Nick rant, uh, Nick's rant was about, like just do one and leave it alone. And it follows does not need a follow up. Yeah, I've seen uh, over the years, like like rumblings of like maybe they'll make a sequel, maybe not, and like just I just say leave it at the one movie. Yeah, it does not need a follow up at all. Like we we get the gist down. Like people are just going to keep getting murked. People are going to keep having sex, and then p- more people are going to keep getting murked. So it's we get the concept. We get it. Yeah, and it's just uh, just great horror. Like I uh, just I loved it. Like I love any kind of like concept that takes the human emotion and does something terrifying with it. Like something we just experience in our daily lives and they just take something terrifying with it. Like Nightmare on Elm Street and dreams and like, you know, anything like that is just terrifying. And like, there's another great one. Uh, it's just a Halloween special. You're Next is in my top 10 favorite horror films of all time. I don't know if you've seen You're Next, have you? I have not. I've heard about it once and then that was it. I, it, was, it had to be been a long time ago, like when it first came out. I think it came out in like 2012, 2013. It is. Yeah. Have you seen The Guest? I have not. It's the same people that made, they made Your Next and they made The Guest. A lot of people say The, the Guest is the best. I think Your Next is their better movie. I, I, will, I rewatched both last year for Halloween and Your Next, when I first watched it, it was just like a horror movie of the week for me. I just kind of forgot about it. And then I rewatched it to, to show somebody last year. And it became one of my top 10 favorite horror films. It is so well written and so well yeah. executed. Uh, if you guys have not seen your next, 
and or and the guest is not really horror it's more action it kind of takes influence from drive but uh your next is a great horror kind of slasher s home invasion horror film that uh definitely recommend going to see. it's basically this girl she's going to this rich guys she's dating this rich guy or she's going to be engaged to this rich guy I forgot if she's the girlfriend or she's going to be engaged but she's going to meet the family at their uh guest their some lake house or guest house they have out in the woods and this uh basically these people in these uh animal masks come with crossbows descending on the house and like they start attacking this rich family but the girl she's she's from a different background and like she survives because she has like her dad, I won't get too much, but like she, she there's something, there's she, something she can that, throw down. <laughs> yeah, there's something about her that you don't know about until stuff starts to pop off, and then she starts to pop off, and it's just like it is. Yeah. Uh, it is a great. It's also a great like female empowerment movie. Like it's it's like it's underrated for that too. Like it's a great. She's like a great final girl that they you know that they call it. Like it's a really good. Like she. She stands her own, and it's really it's terrible. Like it's actually got really good scares and good gourds, well directed. Definitely, you're next. As another one, lights out, and you're next. Yeah, are my two biggest recommendations. They're so genius too. It just makes me a little bit jealous because it's like I tell myself I can't write no shit like that, but I just haven't found the right idea yet. Yeah, I haven't even attempted anything horror because I'm just like I don't know, like. I love I love watching horror, but I don't think I could do I don't think it's my I don't I don't I don't I don't really think it's in my wheelhouse. Like I don't know if I have the capacity to make a horror film. I just I mean I guess I could. It's easy. It's the easiest film to make, like budget wise. I'm yeah. not not talent like it's definitely like hard to make, but like budget wise, a horror film is the easiest thing you can make. And uh, maybe besides like a little one room drama or something, but like, yeah, I would like to make a horror film. I just don't really have a concept that's new or like, because that's the thing that Nick's like Nick said earlier, it's just so saturated. Like a horror movie comes out every week, just either Walmart straight to DVD at Walmart or on Voodoo or on digital yeah. or in theaters. It's just hard to break out without being cliche and copying and right doing all that which scorsese should make a horror film yeah. no scorsese you should make a horror film maybe yeah no, yeah you, you heard it here live live it on uh social media yeah speaking and of scorsese the killers oh. of the flower moon is coming yes uh october 20th two weeks away Mm -hmm. next weekend actually wait what's today the night uh yeah yep. so it'll be next not this weekend but next oh okay so we're getting there we're getting there i scores i watched the scorsese movie last night i watched mean streets for the first time i love scorsese it's it was his first like big right it came out right before taxi driver so it's a little indie but it, it's a it's a really good film too. go check out mean streets but uh yeah killers of the flower moon most anticipated film of the year besides the creator, which I watched this past weekend and uh, Michael Mann's Ferrari comes out in December and I'm, I'm a man guy. So man. Oh, are, 
do you want to just uh review creator and killers of the flower moon in the same episode or honestly because i would have seen it by by the by the time killers of the flower moon came out i'm, I'm actually going to go see it t tuesday well yeah then we can if you're going to see it tuesday we can just wait we can just keep this strictly horror strictly halloween i'd say and just we can do creator because those are both kind of like I don't want to say like prestige films, but like, yeah, I am curious to see what you'll see. I'm not going to say anything about what I thought about creator. Just, I don't want to give you any, uh, an influence, but I'm curious to see what you think about it. Cause that's interesting. It's interesting for sure. Yeah. There's so much hype about it. I can't even log into any social media app without seeing an ad for creator. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm going tomorrow. Um, I'll, I'll see that and then I'll go see Killers of the Flower Moon on premiere night yeah I don't know when I'll, I'll hopefully be able to see it the next weekend hoping because Scorsese's my man that's gotta, the dude I gotta see him you know it's been what made the Irishman so four years it's been four years since his last movie and that was on Netflix so this will actually this will be the first Scorsese movie I see in theaters I just realized that I, I haven't seen any of his movies in theaters. I might have seen one in theaters, but low key, I feel like I've never seen a Scorsese movie in theaters. So it might be my first too. So I mean that that that'll be cool in and of itself. I mean Leo, Leo yeah. and Scorsese, they become like the duo now. Dude, that that that's that's probably gonna be it's probably gonna be fire too because this. 2023 has had some slept on, but kind of like really over the top fire ass hits like Oppenheimer, Gran Turismo. Uh, apparently, people are saying uh, Killers of the Flower Moon is going to be up there with those two. Um, and maybe even the creator might be up there in the top five with those guys for 2023. So I'll, I'll go find out and verify for myself. I am interested. The creator is. I'm trying to. I'm trying to hold back and not say anything because I do have thoughts on it. But like, yeah, I will say one. I can say one thing because it's not a spoiler. There is no reason now after watching the creator. There is no reason Marvel should be having terrible CGI. The creator was made for eighty million dollars. Okay, eighty million dollars, and this movie is huge in scope. Like even you know by the trailers. Huge in yeah. scope, AI, you know, tons of CGI, ships, stuff like, you know, stuff like that. The visual effects are absolutely stunning. Like, they are almost, they are perfect. Like, they are perfect CGI. Like, it is, oh, it is so stunning. Like, the technical side is amazing. Like, so stunning. And the fact that a guy made this with $80 million and Marvel can make a $200, $250 million movie and the CGI look like absolute butthole, like, what you you have no excuse like man do better do better marvel is all i'm gonna say there i heard that because freaking for the month of october there's probably like three releases that i'm really interested in and then november is going to be stacked i'll just say i am so glad that you have the main show where you talk about the big marvel movies because i'm yeah. not even i'm not even seeing the marvels i'm not going to see it yeah, it, it, it's a lot of people are just tapped out on Marvel, and it's just like, man, I, I I'm really hoping Loki. for them to succeed. I haven't watched Secret Invasion or Loki. 
IGN is tearing Loki apart, man. I've seen like three posts in a row of them. They're just like, yo, they shouldn't have fired the, or they shouldn't have let the old director move on. Uh, they they hate season two right now, and I, I love season two. Yeah, it was a woman named Kate Heron that did season one. Yeah, and when she, she, she left, the, she didn't do the second season. Nah, and IGN is pissed about it. <laughs> it's just like. Like, come on, the first episode, give them a chance. They probably seen, they probably got the preview up to like four episodes so far. So yeah, that's probably why they're so. The first four. Yeah. So that, that probably explains why they're pissed, but I, I have no complaints so far. I just, I haven't seen Miss Marvel. I haven't seen She Hulk. I haven't seen Secret Invasion. And I haven't seen Loki. So the last four shows that have come out, I haven't, I just, I just have tapped out with that. And like even I didn't even see Wakanda Forever in theaters. I waited till Disney Plus and like uh I saw Quantum Mania in theaters, which I don't know why I did that because God yeah. that movie can wait till Disney Plus, but like Wakanda Forever is a lot better than Quantum Mania, but like uh yeah, the Marvels, I am so glad I do not have to cover that movie. Yeah. It's the <laughs> final so Marvel movie for twenty twenty three. So we, we so, I know. 2024 yeah, you, should be a lot more relief for us to get better movies then. I just, I miss the good old days. Yeah. Sweet. I think Deadpool is still slated for next year. So Deadpool, the final part of that trilogy, supposed to be a big bang, but they've already spoiled like 90% of the movie. So I don't, I, I'm on the fence. I'm, I won't go in with high hopes. So I'm not even excited about that one. Yeah. Let him, I just just leave. I, I Logan was such a good ending for Hugh Jackman. I don't know why they're bringing him back. I just they honestly. I know it's I know it's multiverse, so you know. But like, still, if you're gonna do multiverse, just make a new. Leave Hugh Jackman and, and Logan have another person play Wolverine. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm about ready to move on to the new Wolvie too. Uh, Hugh, I, Hugh, I moved on with Logan. Logan was my moved on. I was like, yeah, I'm okay now, you know. Uh, when it comes to critics, man, Marvel just needs at least one 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 more dub cuz people are just going in on everything they put out and it's just like their products ain't that damn bad. There's some that's just like, uh, I'm not going to pay to see this. And then there's some that's just like okay, I seen it once, that's more than enough for me. Yeah. Man. Marvel, I I think they deserve almost all of their hate. I think they do because they are just two hundred and fifty million dollars, and you get things like Thor: Love and Thunder with that CGI. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that. I don't even have to watch She-Hulk. I heard it's terrible. The only I, thing, that, the only thing that interests me about She-Hulk is uh, Charlie Cox is Daredevil. That's it. Oh, uh, there's one episode in She-Hulk in season one that is so awful like it almost tanked the rest of the season for me but the other episodes kind of were like saving grace the season finale was kind of rough too but that episode six was like bro if they would have kept going at that rate i would have declared it the worst thing marvel has ever put out but because yeah, I, it was just one episode i let her slide i probably won't watch another marvel show until daredevil born again comes out and that's just because of my love for Charlie Cox is Daredevil. Like that's the that's the only reason. He is such a cool dude in person too, man. Charlie Cox is the man. 
I know that's so awesome. You got to meet him. Like he's just. I, I wish he would do more movies besides Daredevil. Like I wish he'd just be in more films in general. Like he's such a good actor. I think. Like yeah, it's. I love people make jokes about it, but it's true. Like you really believe he's blind. Like I bet it was. Was it? It probably was trippy seeing him movies. Like and like, are you actually looking at like? <laughs> He's looking right at me like, oh, shit. He, he, He's like not they, blind? Like, he played the fuck out of a blind person, man. Like, oh, That's my crazy. God. Everybody in that whole cast. The girl that like, plays Ethan Page, uh, Deborah or something. Yeah. Freaking Jeez. Vincent D'Onofrio. Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah. John Bernthal is the Punisher. Like, my God. Oh, man. Give us that. Mar give us those Marvel shows. Give us Daredevil-type Marvel shows. Got to got to have more of those, man. Because everything that they had on Netflix was pre cream in a crop for me. I'd say that too. Besides Defenders, yeah, Defenders was kind of a was kind of idea rough. that went bad. <laughs> I, I, Iron Fist was kind of rough too. Yeah, but I, Jessica Jones was really good. I love the shit out of Jessica Jones. I don't care yeah. what anybody says. Like y'all can have the, all the She Hulk banter, but you will not dish Jessica Jones. You if you not. yeah, like they're talking about She-Hulk women empowerment. Watch Jessica yeah. Jones. That's woman empowerment. She's a bad. She's badass. Like she's, she she's was in there kicking ass. Go watch Jessica Jones if you if you like if you if you think She-Hulk is good. Yeah. Jessica Jones will blow your mind like out the water. It is so good. I need to re I need to go back and rewatch those. But yeah, Luke Cage yeah. was actually pretty good too. It was the first fire. season. I, I like I, I love the second season despite what people say like but introducing Bushmaster and going in depth with his culture and like everything that surrounds him uh he he kind of made that season what it was I think people's biggest complaint was that finale and how Luke was supposedly going dark and it's just like I don't give a shit is that for me it's two flawless seasons in a row and two two of the most iconic villains that Luke Cage had to go up against. Well, actually, three if you count uh, Mahershala Ali's Cottonmouth. I was say, I love Mahershala Ali. Yeah, and now he's coming back as our Blade. If it ever gets made, it seems if like it it's ever always... Gets... I, it seems like it's always getting, like... It seems like just it's always getting canceled or the director's dropping out or the writer's dropping out. It's like, man, that man's going to be 50 before he comes out. <laughs> It was like, how hard is it to make a vampire slayer movie? I, and like, I, I, it's gonna be Halloween. Like, you, you should they they should have made it and had it released by like Halloween time or at least next year Halloween. Like, you know, release it around Halloween. You know, I feel right. like you can make more money because like even people that don't like Marvel, they'll be like, oh, vampires. You know, because like the general public doesn't really think they see. You know, they'll see vampire slayer or whatever and just. Have it hint that he slays vampires, and like you'll get fans that aren't Marvel people. Yeah, if you have vampires in your movie, so because a lot of people didn't even know like the original Wesley Snipes trilogy, like Blade was a Marvel character. Like if you were a Marvel fan, you knew, and if you paid attention to like the Marvel like introduction for uh, the the movies, but other than that, like I grew up with watching those movies repeatedly and I did not like register that it was a Marvel product. I just thought it was black vampire slayer movie doing awesome shit. I've never seen them. You haven't seen them. I've never seen blade. I've never seen, 
I, I want to. I want to, but I need to I need to get on that. My thing is I vampire movies aren't my thing a lot of the time. I'm not a big vampire guy. So that's yeah. my that's my issue. It's I, not I don't care too much for him either. Like I love Wesley Snipes and like I love like the the like the idea of the character, but I just don't like like vampires stuff. I'm not a yeah. big vampire guy. And I'm kind of a squeamish person too. So all these that's, vampire that's, movies that's my problem too, because I know the first movie has a blood rain scene, and just that alone would make me a little like I, I yeah. just seeing a lot of blood and like seeing like veins and vampires biting, like sucking, like I can't, yeah, like taking a bath in blood, and it's like, bro, y'all play too much. I hate y'all. <laughs> yeah, like, like I, I'm, a, I'm too, I'm too squeamish around blood. So that's that's my hold up on the why I haven't seen the Blade movies because of all the blood. But I will grow some balls and watch them because I need to, because like, like I said, Wesley Snipes is always, I've always liked Wesley Snipes. I wish he would have done more. And Blade, Blade really is kind of a really dope story for like Marvel comic books wise. And they adapted pretty well for the first two movies. The third one is always the most debated one because people hated it. And some people just like, I love, I, I, I enjoyed it enough to get by. Deontay's opinion, Blade Trinity was fucking awesome. So I don't know. Y'all can probably take my word as a grain of salt or whatever, but uh, I, I loved all three of the movies. And Trinity is damn near probably my favorite of the three. And that could be considered a hot take, honestly. Yeah, I've always heard that movie's like a guilty pleasure. It really is. Like you could see Ryan Reynolds and. Uh, Jessica Beale, and they they get to play like some lesser characters in the Blade comic books, and they did pretty pretty good job. Yeah, brought I'll in some comedy. Yeah, I'll definitely watch uh, the Blade films before the new one comes out. Hopefully, if it ever comes out. Yeah, they they they, they play they they play too much with Jen as well, man. I'm just like. Don't 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 get don't get carried away with like blood in in movies and TV shows, man. I'll just turn the shit off. It's the whole reason I don't watch American Horror Story Hotel because it's like the bloodiest season they have, and it and, and it's kind of like a vampire season too. So I'm just like, I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm, I like gore when she's effective. Right. When like, it gets a little bit childish, it's just like oh, I'm watching something else. Yeah, I'm not. The take on they have Dracula in the third movie, yeah. And uh, Dominique Purcell plays Dracula. That's interesting. This big that's buff that, son of a bitch. That sounds pretty cool, honestly. Yeah, well, the fight scene is incredible. Yeah, I gotta They're check that out. Yeah, they, they had Triple H as one of the vampires that worked for Dracula, too. So it's oh, like, man, all star cast. Well, when that movie would have came out, what early two thousands? Yeah, it had to have been like two thousand, like six or seven, some somewhere oh, in that ball. So that was like the prime Triple H era too. Yeah, it's they, they they had heavy hitters for that cast, and I I and I and people still hated it. So uh, I I guess it's it's up to your opinion when you see it. Yeah, I'm I I've they've been on my list. It's just. I gotta find a day where I'm not feeling squeamish about blood, which is yeah. I'm gonna have to toughen up sometime and watch them because I do 
And I do like, I know Guillermo del Toro directed the second one, and I like his style. I love Hellboy. Yeah, love Hellboy. I still need to watch Hellboy 2, though. I've never seen the second one. I'm obsessed with it, man. I honestly thought, like, I was going to be Hellboy for Halloween as a kid growing up. And um, some some of my favorite characters are all throughout these movies. Uh, and I haven't seen the reboot yet either. They, they had, like, who is the guy that played him? Um, David Harbour. David Harbour was the, the new Hellboy. And it's I, I just grew up with Ron Perlman, and I just yeah. couldn't let go. Ron Perlman just has that face. Yeah, he's he's Hellboy as hell, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you can't. And I also heard that that movie was just awful garbage, and just the CGI and stuff was awful garbage. Yeah, uh, I want to give it a chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I would give it a chance if if because I know it's for free on streaming services now, so I'll probably give it a chance eventually. And October is the perfect month to knock it out. Honestly, you can knock out Blade in October too. It's the right vibe. Yeah, that's what I've been thinking for Halloween. And I mean that—that's like since this is Halloween special. I mean, I gave a few recommendations. I gave your next. I'm gonna give recommendations for the end of this. I mean, your next. Lights out. Trick or treat. You gotta watch that every Halloween. Sam, is, have you have you seen Trick or Treat? Uh, I have not. You need to watch Trigger. It's on HBO Max right now, if you haven't seen it. Or oh, Max. Yeah. It's called Max now, but like, yeah. It's HBO Max, but like, yeah. It's a, uh, you have to watch it every Halloween. Like, it's it's becoming tradition now. Ever since I watched it a few years back, I watch it every Halloween. It's just, it's the best movie about Halloween. Besides besides the original Halloween. It's the second best. Trick or Treat. Oh, yeah. Sam is iconic. I love Sam. The, he's one of my favorite horror villains. He's so because he's just a little tiny guy, and he's just you. The movie bodies. It's It's hilarious. It's got so much dark humor, but it's also like it's not really scary. It's more like a fun dark humor slasher uh, Halloween. Like it's not really a scary, but like it's a good time. It's it's a really good time, but like. Yeah, watch Trick or Treat if you haven't. It's on Max. I know everybody has Max right now, usually. So watch Trick or Treat. Uh, Lights Out. Lights Out is on Hulu, I think. Uh, I saw. Uh, You're Next. I don't know if that's anywhere. Uh, Trying to think of another Halloween to give you guys that you may have not seen. I don't know. Uh, Halloween. Yeah, HB or Max, they they have they have quite a good collection of uh, yeah. Just movies. really go on Max, yeah. Just get, yeah. they have like a whole little section. Yeah, I'll definitely uh, check that out. The Descent, that's one. The Descent. Okay. That's a that's a really good. That's a really good one. The Descent is a really good one. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. if Will wants to hop in real quick and give a brief recommendation of course yeah hop on in will let's see do i have any recommendations that i would give the people as far as horror goes um if you haven't seen it follows go see it follows and get traumatized like the rest of us um what what else is crazy if you haven't seen the ari aster movies go see them hereditary and uh midsummer Get your life changed forever. 
Um, who else? I can think of one more, and then I know I know Will probably got a couple bangers. Wait, did I send Will the invite? Say, uh, I don't, I don't know if I, have, yeah, I think you, yeah. you got the. Oh, yeah, I, I put, I put it in the JFP uh, group chat, but I, let me see Dang if it. I can copy and paste it. You'll get in here, Will. You'll get in here. Don't worry. Yes, Lord. This is our Halloween special. We can go all out. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm gonna try to end it around like two four, the two hours and forty five minute mark. And just yeah. so I can get some food before every all the restaurants close, and then yeah. Uh, where is our group chat? Oh, there it is. We're gonna end with Will's recommendations. It's gonna be a great best ending. Halloween HGO is another one. If you guys haven't seen it, yeah, I need, I still need to see the the newer trilogy of Halloween movies. Mm, don't I uh, watch the first one and then I mean I guess you can but like ugh. I I I've I've heard mixed reviews on those too. It's just like damn. What's what's the first one for sure? And then if you like the first one, maybe go with the other two. But if not, don't worry about it. Yeah. The second two, the second two can be skipped. They're skips, honestly. The first one is actually really, really. It's not really good. It's just it's good. It's well made. Yeah, if, if if I can see it for free, then I'm I'm totally fine. But if I, somebody I says like you got to pay like five ninety nine to rent this, I'm gonna be like fuck off. And no. I want to say something on, else. Ma- I want to say it might be on Max. I don't know. No, I feel like Peacock. Max would have it. Peacock or Max? Because Universal owns Peacock though, and Universal's Halloween, so maybe Peacock. Peacock or Max has it for sure. Yeah. It's Peacock. Peacock. I saw it last night when I went and saw me. I saw Mean Streets on oh. It's on I Peacock. To, I need to make a Peacock account because Peacock has quite a bit of hits. They have like Yellowstone and the Will Smith or the new Fresh Prince of Bel Air series. So Peacock is trying to like yeah. rise up a little bit. I have Peacock, but it's probably my least used one. Actually, Disney Plus actually is. I never get on Disney Plus. Yeah, I'm 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 not trying to keep continue signing up for all these different streaming apps, but I will give Peacock one chance. Yeah. And I mean it's you can get it with ads for pretty cheap. It's you just have to watch like so many ads before the movie. That's what I do because like yeah, but it's it's yeah. it's got some good good like classics on there. But yeah, so Will said he's on his way. Um, I, I I could probably announce a couple things while we wait. Uh, we're we're still waiting on the word about SNN late nights. Uh, so we're, we're trying to figure that out once we can confirm like who's all going to host that. Uh, Saturday Night Nerds live streaming podcast. The main podcast will be not this Saturday coming up, but next Saturday. October 21st, 6.30 p.m. Central. Uh, we got some fun topics to talk about once we figure out what they are. And then we'll 
be standing by uh, waiting on Jacob's uh, green light for the next uh, episode of Jacob's Film Perspectives. Yeah. Which would probably be like Killers of the Flower Moon, maybe Creator, and whatever else Jacob has seen. Uh. Are you going to see uh, Five Nights at uh, Freddy's? Yeah, I will. I'll see Five Nights at Freddy's. That, that's going to be good yeah, just in time for the, the the holidays too. So I'm I'm, I'm I'm gonna have to check that out too. I hope it's good. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the trailer doesn't look too promising. But I was gonna I mean, say the trailers aren't. The trailer doesn't look too good. The trailers yeah. kind of rough. I was. It comes out October twentieth. Just a about 10 days before Halloween is just like I if I'm in the spirit to go see something just because it's horror then I'll go yeah but I mean trash. I was, that was a big part of that craze when it when that game came out I remember watching gameplay videos on YouTube for hours I remember you could buy it on your phone I used to play it on my iPhone <laughs> back in the day like so like I have some like I got into the lore of Five Nights at Freddy's for a little bit, so like I have a f- little bit of a fan, but it's been ten years, nine years since I've done anything with it, so I don't know. Damn, I didn't even know that. Yeah. What up, I- Will? Yo, what's good, man? What up, what? boy? Just chilling. Um, Give us these recommendations. Uh, y'all talking about Rick? Hmm? Let me. I just okay, so I just recently watched a movie on Hulu. Um, it's called No One Will Save You. I didn't, I, I wasn't really a, aware of you know what it was, but I think it came out of this year, and I've seen it. It popped up on my feed on YouTube, and so I was curious. And bro, I gotta tell you, like, I was blown out of the water. Uh, when I when when I watched it, um, because for a Hulu movie that went under the radar and everything, man, I'm like, yo, it's it, it's actually pretty good, and um, yeah, like uh, it, it's it's a it has th- something. It's it's almost like like um, I don't know if you guys seen the movie Signs, uh, yeah, but it it's um. Uh, with aliens and stuff, only it's a bigger. There's, there's like a larger mess, like message and and a bigger picture to it. Um, and and it was like it was really good. Like at the end, there's a twist at the end, and like the twist blew me away. I was for what it was. So yeah. Um, a, Again, it's called uh, No One Will Save You. So, yeah. I've hey. actually seen it. I watched it. Oh, word? Yeah. I, I just didn't feel like talking because it was a Hulu and I just, I didn't think it was. Not, not, yeah, not many the... people talk about it. It's, it's, uh. Oh, you've seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. It's, I didn't like it as much as you. It's, I think it's good. I like, yeah. I don't, I didn't, it's, I'd give it like a yeah, it was good, but it yeah, I'd give it like a B, maybe like for what it was, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, like the production value under the radar like, Hulu. 
Yeah, like the aliens. Yeah. The aliens look really good. Mm. It's it's a, it's a nice little alien invasion movie. Yeah. It, it takes some twists. It's oh. it's kind of it gets a little artsy. But like it's yeah. yeah. I say give yeah. it a I I I like it enough to recommend it. I'd say that's that's another one I can add to my Halloween list you guys should watch. Yeah. Go watch No One Will Save You. That's a good one. For, uh, yes, Lord. On, it's on Hulu for free. It's a Hulu original. Yes, Go watch that one. Oh, another one. You just reminded me. On Amazon Prime, Totally Killer. It's a new slasher film that just came on. Yeah. If you guys have seen Sabrina on the yeah. Netflix series. Yeah, like, yeah, for what it is. Uh-huh. Oh, it's, is, is the actress that from, from there? or Yes, yeah, the actress from the girl that plays Sabrina from the Netflix series. She's the main girl. And it's basically Back to the Future with the slasher. It's like back to the, you know how they did like Freaky Friday with the slasher when they made Freaky and like Happy Death Day. Yeah, it's in, the, it's in the vein of that. It's basically Back to the Future but with the slasher. This girl goes back, goes back. A girl are like Gen Z goes back to the eighties to stop a slasher, and like that creates, of course, because you know different politics and stuff that creates a lot of yeah. good. It's it's a good funny slasher. Go watch that too on Amazon Prime. Uh, totally killer is the name yeah. of it. It's it's I'd give it like a BB plus. It's 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 not great, but it's good. Yeah, I need to step my horror game co- uh, consumption up because I, I I'm just catching everything in theaters, but I'm missing out on some gems on streaming apps. Yeah, they've been having some good ones. Uh oh, he ended up dropping out, but he, he gave his hey. recommendation though. So hey, and he reminded me of I actually saw that movie. I forgot I saw that movie. <laughs> <laughs> So it, it must have been fairly recent if if both if both of you guys are like having it fresh on the mind. Or... Yeah, it came out in the last month for sure. Yeah. So definitely, guys, no one will save you. Not great. Kind of derivative signs a little bit. Kind of artsy, but I. If you like alien stuff, I think you'd like it. It's worth a watch. I don't know yeah. if you like the whole movie, but it's worth a watch. And then. uh Totally Killer is actually, I think, is the better streaming movie. I definitely go with Totally Killer. I definitely give that one a watch. That one's, it's just fun. It's just a fun slasher. It's kind of like right. Scream Back to the Future mixed kind of teenagers. That's, yeah, that's fair enough for me. Yeah, anything with time travel, you you won me over. Yeah. And I'm a Doctor Who fan, so time is all is is, is all up my alley. Well, then you'll like that because they it's kind of it's they're not in a phone booth, but they're in a photo booth that goes back in time. So okay, it's not it's not Doctor. I know the Doctor Who's the phone booth, but it yeah. is a it is a photo booth. So it it's is close still, enough. Yeah, it's yeah. still a booth. That's how she goes back in time. So I say, nice. if you have Amazon Prime, check it out. It's on Amazon Prime for free. Yeah, because I'm, I'm going to be hunting for movies because I know I'm probably going to do like a I probably won't do anything like content creator related for like the week of Halloween and like everything leading up to it. But I, I'm probably going to have like some movie nights in my place and just sit and just binge through stuff that I haven't seen. Yeah, that's what I do. Like this is my Halloween special. Like This yeah. will be the last time I talk about horror because the next episode will be creator, killers of flower moon, stuff like that. Like this is my Halloween my blowout Halloween special, even though man, the first part of it was just dogging exorcist believer. But you know what? I think people get some good. I hope people get some good laughs out of that. Cause like I've movies don't make me mad, but that movie (laughs) put me on a 
Just worst movie I've seen in theaters all year. Ugh. Yeah, it made you and uh, Nick go off and agree with each other. That's a feat. I was shocked. I, I, you know what's crazy? I thought you were not going to like it, and I thought Nick was going to come in and say it was better than the original. I thought Nick was going to say something crazy like Man. that. Man. I, I thought he was going to come in with that hot take, but he shocked me. And then when, but then when he said it was terrible, I was like, thank God. <laughs> he tore it apart. It deserves it. Yeah. <laughs> God, that movie. Mm-hmm. What goes around comes around for that director. Rest in peace to William Friedkin. We'll put some respect on your grave when they won't. Yeah. I mean, like, if who made them? I'm trying to think of Universal. Universal. Give us the chance. Yeah. I feel like we, I feel like I feel like we do this at the end of every episode of JFP, but I'm gonna do it again. Give it give us the chance. Give me and Call Deontay us. and Nick, who was just here earlier, give us all three the chance. And we could make a way better Exorcist sequel than Believer. Be way more faithful because Nick, he's a book nerd. So, you know, he's read the book. Yeah. And, and then me and Deontay, we've seen the films. So, I mean, us all three together make a dream. It would be a perfect Exorcist sequel. It'd be game over for anybody competing with us, man. It would be respectful to Friedkin. It would be respectful to William Peter Blatty, the writer. It would be, it'd be great, man. But, other than that, I think that's about it for this Halloween special. Yes, indeed. Yep. Everybody go follow Jacob's Film Perspectives on Instagram. With you, you Just take out the, the apostrophe and, and, and type this in if you see the ticker uh, yeah. sliding on the, at the bottom. And you can also find them on uh, Facebook as well, Jacob's Film Perspectives. Follow him on that as well. I need to be follow. posting on there more. I'm sorry, guys. It's all good, man. Well, By the you'll, way, you'll, you'll catch up eventually for sure. I haven't posted a review since the a written review since the Flash in June. So you kind of uh, inspired me to want to write reviews now. Do it. Go at it. Yeah. It's like it's fun. Just don't make it a don't make it where you're, yeah, like an obligation because yeah. that's what I ended. That's what I did. I've done so many times where I'm like, I have to see this movie to review it. And then it just becomes an obligation. And then you just hate yourself and you hate what you're doing. Cause like, it's mm -hmm. just like, no, that's why I like these podcasts. I try to do an obligation, like at least once a month just to keep it for, cause if you don't do once a month, you're not going to be, you're going to be gone from the universe. Cause people yeah. love heavy content. But like, other than that, like, don't make an obligation, but yeah, you should, you should, you can make it, I do it. Just go on Insta. Uh, you can even, I mean, letterbox, that's a good app. A lot of people do reviews on that. If you want to use that app, yeah. I've been probably, using letterbox a lot recently. I would, I would like to use letterbox. I think for, for us, like just trying to pursue cash, like we're probably just going to stick to like mainstream, yeah. like Instagram. Well, yeah, letterbox is not, yeah. it, it's well, I mean, it, I mean, you can get likes, but like I have a buddy who does reviews on only on Letterbox, and he gets quite a few likes. But like, yeah, for me, I don't even do reviews on there. I just rate movies out of I just do the out of five stars. I have an account. It's not even Jacob's Film Perspective. It's just under my real name, and I just I just have a watch list, and I just rate movies. Like I don't write reviews. I don't do anything like that because like I don't see any point when I have the, the podcast. But like, yeah, yeah. and like. My Instagram, if you go check my Instagram, I know it's dry. 
Last time I reviewed it was Flash in June was the last thing I wrote. I need to Man. start doing I need to get better with Instagram posting and stuff like that. But I'll come back. I'm I am i am wanting to make a comeback. Yeah, find 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 a movie you're extremely passionate about and just throw in something brief. And, and you'll probably be you'll probably feel a lot more accomplished that way. Yeah. Cause that's that's my goal is like short and sweet. Like I'm on Fandango right now, writing reviews. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. I'll do the stars, but if I'm in the mood to type something out, I'll type something and I'll just make it like five sentences. But if unless I love the movie a lot, that's that is about as the most you'll get out of me. Yeah, Fandango is a very helpful app. I've just started using. Fan- I'm I'm I feel like a boomer. I'm. I'm just- <laughs> I just started using Fandango recently. Like I just made creating a because I got a gift card for my birthday last month. And like it is so helpful. Like yeah. it reminds you like when your movies like 30 minutes before movies start. And like it like you can like add movies to your watch list and it'll tell you when it's coming out and like yeah. all that. And like I was like, oh my gosh, this is actually very useful. <laughs> It's been it's been my right hand man for everything movie related. Shout out like Fandango! The, Shout out Fandango! Yeah. That's a great app. I, I'm, I've been on it for about five years, man. I love it. I was late to the game. Yeah, but that that's all I got for episode yeah. six. You, you you got anything else or? That's that's it. I mean, the next review will be. I do have a lot to say about the creator, so be looking. But I want to wait. So Deontay sees it to see because I don't know if we're gonna have the same, but uh that and Killers of the Flower Moon will be the next one. So if you're a film but the next one's gonna be like a like a film major, like a film yeah. guy type of podcast because it's gonna be about a, a original sci-fi movie and a Scorsese movie. So it's not gonna be very like white mainstream, sadly, but like yeah. if you're in the film, definitely the next one will be talking about like real. I don't want to say real films, but like Scorsese says, we'll be talking about actual cinema, not carnival rides. <laughs> yeah, because right now we're just doing this little horror kick, and this is just like one genre exclusive October vibe episode. Yeah, Halloween special. We talked about Saul, Nun, uh, Exorcist. Talk to me. We we covered all the big ones. Yes, sir. And we, I don't. We might make a spooky special for our main podcast as well. Uh, we we don't have a whole lot of nerd nerdy Halloween stuff to talk about, but I'm sure we can fudge something within the next couple of days. We we have until like next Saturday to to have something figured out. But other than that, just stay tuned for updates on when Jacob's Film Perspective comes back for episode seven. And thank you everybody for tuning in, man. Peace out. Peace out.